Inside Balance podcast. Thank you for hosting. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. No, anytime. Uh, I, like I was saying, I, I'm very interested in having you on because you've done so many cool things. Your social media is blowing up. Uh, you're, you're, you ride motorcycles. You skydive. You do acting. You do, you do so many things. So I want to start off with how do you introduce yourself and how do you get into motorcycles? Oh, my gosh. I have 14 years of, like, motorcycle experience so there's a lot to be covered but i st what was your first question is how i got into how do you introduce yourself so okay. when you meet people your social media where can they find you etc and then how'd you get into bikes like what was your first experience was it your a family thing like you know how, how okay. did it come along well my name is michelle a lot of people are kind of confused when they see my instagram because the way you spell my name is very like it doesn't really make sense phonetically yeah. so i have two z's in my name but it's pronounced like sh so whenever P i introduce myself i say oh it's your shell not my shell so everyone always it's gets a kick out of that <laughs> um anyway so yeah nobody in my family rides i'm like the only per like so, so I'm this kind is of all you the, and no. I'm, I'm pointing at the helmets and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, like, basically, yeah, it's, well, it's half my boyfriends, but. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I'm i kind of like the, the black sheep of the family, so. So the badass. Kind of, well, yes and no. It's, it's, I kind of have grown up in a very, like, strict Asian Christian setting. So, no, you know, they, they kind of looked down on motorcycles a little bit because it was, like, very dangerous and it was just very out of nowhere you know like no again nobody in my family rides sorry i'm gonna just do this <laughs> no good we're just we're hanging out <laughs> yeah she's like my bff um but yeah i've always since i was a little girl i've always loved like anything on two wheels so i loved riding bicycles and you know it wasn't long before i got off training wheels like my parents kind of like put me on them for a long time but i remember thinking in my head like i you know, I don't need these. I want to kind of try them, try balancing. Let me go, yeah. Yeah, and I always had a fascination with, like, balancing and things like that. So then I watched the, you know, as I got older, I watched the Tomb Raider movies, and Laura Croft became, like, my idol. I fell in love with her. I, I loved that she was super independent. Wh was, which one? Uh, the Angelina Jolie Yeah, one? the one with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. So, you know, as I was growing up, I always had a fascination of, like, with two wheels. And once I, again, like, started riding bicycles, I was, like, so excited to ride on two wheels. And then I see, you know, I started seeing, like, two wheels with a motor, and I was like, that's like really cool. You could go way faster, you know, <laughs> such further. like a little girl, but I saw motorcycles on the street and I was like, that's really cool. And so again, when I saw, when I watched Tomb Raider, she rode motorcycles, she traveled the world, she spoke different languages. Like she was just like this cool, really cool chick. So I kind of like have always, you know, looked up to her and, and molded my life to be like that. And I feel like today like that's kind of where I'm at you know I've, I've learned that's what I studied in college is I learned languages I traveled the world I've been to like 19 different countries and counting wow and um yeah I just yeah there's just a lot <laughs> there's, no so we'll, we'll continue on the bike and I want to hear about your travels too I've traveled to um, I don't know how many countries but I've traveled quite a bit so what was your first motorcycle Oh my gosh, I had a 2007 Suzuki GS500. That <laughs> so, was your first one. Yeah, my very I mean, I still have it till this day. I it's really hard for me to get rid of all my bikes. Um So, so you have your first bike? Yes, I do. That is I, so cool. Yeah, I I it's I kind of have like a lot of sentimental sentimental attachment to the all my bikes. Yeah. So I 
I haven't really gotten rid of any. The only one that I've really gotten rid of was uh, my BMW R9T because it got hit by a drunk driver and it's just completely mm. totaled. And there was just no way for me to save her. Like, there, it just wouldn't make sense because I would have to really come out of pocket. Plus, like, anyway, the reason why I have Athena, which is my R660, is because um, I had to give up my R90. Mm. But back to my GS500, um, one of my best friends, he currently has it. He like completely redid her and made her look like a walking dead bike so it looks really cool that um sounds beautiful. yeah i'll show sounds, you yeah badass. some point <laughs> but yeah so that was my first bike so how many bikes do you have now i think i have like six or seven you don't even know how many you have no That's because so my fucking crazy <laughs> my bikes are everywhere so yeah. i have like a honda grom which is a, you know i teach people how to ride on that i have a supermoto. I have my main bike, which is my R660. It's a 2021 RS660. Uh, RS660. That's like a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> say that five times I know, fast. say that five times fast. Um, I also have a CBR600RR as a track bike. I also, what am I missing? Track bike. Um, what, you just I, came in? I have a, no, that was my R660. Oh, that, oh I thought that was a, I thought that was a, the, I can't even remember what it's called. What did I think that? Anyways, I, I, th I thought it was a different bike. I thought uh -oh. it was. What's that other one? The it starts with a B. A B. A B Buell. Like no, the, not Buell. Oh, okay. I was saying. No. <laughs> I can't I think of. I don't know many bikes. Oh, BM, BMW. No, it's terrible. No. It'll come to me. Okay, it'll come to you. I thought that was something else. Okay. Oh yeah. So I have a CBR F4i. So that was my second bike ever. Um, when I was in college, I kind of had like this beater bike because there was in my call or I went to UCLA so out there in LA in general there were a lot of motorcycle thefts yeah so um for me I was like okay well if I get like a shitty bike you know like something that's not like very pretty with you know no like upgraded parts or anything I I have less of a chance for it to be stolen or you know so and it worked <laughs> no, nobody ever touched my bike but there was at least one motorcycle being stolen every single week and so i was part of this thing called the bruin motorcycle association and i was trying to like work with the cops out there to see if we could do anything about it but it was really it was really tough because there were people didn't like favor motorcycles out there so yeah. in order to get all that passed it was just it was just like i had to jump through hoops and stuff so anyway yeah so my cbr 600 rr that was like a frankenstein bike i didn't even have matching fairings like the front fairing was <laughs> primer just... gray the back was orange and so like everyone always made fun of me because they were like what kind of bike is that you know like they would call me the beauty and the beast and That's so i would hilarious. laugh about it and i would just be like yeah she is a beauty and i'm the beast who rides Rawr. it you know <laughs> so anyway there's plot twist yeah. i know plot twist um but yeah that was my second bike I, I i feel that more people accept street bikes more compared to like you know harleys or some of the adventure bikes like harley people have a preconceived notion they're like ah, mm -hmm. oh, you're a fucking gangster or you're what like they just you're a sons of anarchy you know what i mean and i feel like the street bikes it's just something like it's like for example like you, you somebody pulls up in a ferrari mm -hmm. or something exotic no matter if you like bikes or don't like bikes people go that's fucking beautiful that's awesome you know but if you show up in a harley Obviously, your pipes are loud, and mm -hmm. people are like, you know, they're giving you evil eye and all that bullshit. Right. Do you do you agree with that statement or? Not really, actually. So I understand where you're coming from, and I get it because I'm yeah, a, yeah. I'm predominantly a street like a street bike rider. But yeah. it really depends on where you are and like 
every you know because actually do you I mean th- like neighborhoods or i guess like low yeah like location or something because there i feel i actually feel like there are more harley riders and there are more cruiser type riders you know even like at the bike shed moto there are the, well the bike shed's actually mixed up it's i didn't see a lot of triumphs right and, and right a lot of it's a lot of adventure bikes and, and from what i've bikes. seen so mostly i feel kind of like the minority like as when i'm on a street bike because i feel like but that's that that's different that's different because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about a a you see that's interesting that's a great point okay let me clarify on my 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 statement okay what i'm saying is outside of the motorcycle community because mm-hmm. you're right in the motorcycle community it's usually more harleys right. or adventure bikes so when you go to the neptune's net the rock yeah. store all those places you see that but i'm talking about like when you go to we'll just call it civilians like regular around town mm-hmm. you you go to the store you go to you know your bar you go to your club whatever the case is where you go with your bike i feel that the general public the people that don't ride they think sport bikes are cooler they think sports quote, bike right, and they right. kind of accept you yeah like like if i get my bike and i just go to santa monica by myself just mm-hmm. on the harley if i pull in I get a lot of like this fucking guy. Look at this bike, and it's so loud. I feel like motorcycles in general. (laughs) You you think in general? Because I get, I definitely get that. Because I've never had street bikes, to be honest. Really? It's always been adventures and baggers and dinas. It's 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 mostly, as a matter of fact, I've had like thirty something bikes. They were all Harleys. Yeah. Except for now that I have the GS and a Livewire. I want a GS so badly. I love. That's like one of my favorite adventure bikes. It's it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's. I can agree with that. Look. 20 something years riding mm-hmm. always had harleys two years ago two years ago a couple of uh, friends of ours we all rented bmws from mm-hmm. eagle riders and we went to joshua tree it rained that weekend we went to no man's land mm-hmm. we went on hills we went on dirt we went every, like by the time we were done and, re- and we were like at that crew right there was mm-hmm. dyna bros yeah <laughs> that week we all traded in our bikes and got fucking gsas right like it, it, it's and now I've had my Harley and the GSA, you know, both within two years. Mm-hmm. My GSA has three times the miles that my Harley has. I plan to add one to my fleet. I mean, it is, they're really big bikes, but I love riding them. Yeah. So what's that? I, I'm hoping they do make like a smaller version at some point because that they would be really low. cool. Yeah, they have a low seat option. They're just, and I know I can lift but it up. But they have I, a low seat, low suspension option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, I, we call it the, the, the bulldog. The boys. Oh yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> that's, actually, I could I could see that yeah, like, friends, perfectly. But again, I I'm not intimidated so much by the taller bikes or heavier bikes. But again, if I was like out adventuring and I was by myself, that would suck a little bit more. Like I would I know I can pick it up. Like there's like this you technique, can. yeah, where you you basically have to on your back like on your back it's grab behind the handlebar you, and then the like it's like leg day. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a almost like a deadlift, but not really. But yeah, so. Um, I, lo- I love the GSs, so that's don't, cool that don't, you have Yeah, d- there's zero intimidation. You're, mm. you're, you're fucking, you're clearly a badass. And a GSA is <laughs> going to be nothing. I was at a BMW event in, um, by Lake Elsinore. Uh-huh. Is that by, uh, by Pachanga? I think it's Lake Elsinore. No, no, Honestly, it's not Lake Elsinore. Ge- geography is, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, by, by, anyway, I think it's Temecula. Yeah, yeah, anyway, okay, yeah, around that's kind of around that area, yes. Yeah, around that area, they had a BMW off-road adventure, and they were showing a movie, and I can't remember the movie, unfortunately. But it was a race where this company goes and finds states mm. that have this beautiful scenery, and it's not even roads. Like, right. like 
50% of it's off-road, and then mm-hmm. the other 50% is on-road, and they create a road like that's a really safe cool for route. people, a route, and then they publish it and they edit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think the top two contenders that, that won it once it was already rotted out mm-hmm. was women that were like 5'4 and 5'6 yeah. on GSs, right. or no, they were on GSAs destroying it like you know but people get intimidated by the size Mm -hmm. and what i tell people all the time like when people see a a street glide or when people see a bigger bike i'm like guys a bigger bike when you're riding yes it looks intimidating it's more stable but when you're riding it's more stable you don't get pushed around when cars are passing you up if cars Mm -hmm. are passing you up if it's windy or if it's windy it stays more in place and it gives you more confidence Mm -hmm. so you know but a lot of people don't get that a lot of people just like dude that's a big bike like right you know that's mainly the main concern whenever girls come up to me and they're like oh you know how did you do it how do you do it like bikes are so heavy and they're you know they're really tall and i always tell them like i purposely so i had i I, oh that's another one of my bikes that that i forgot i feel bad (laughs) but it's my r6 and i love her like i've rode her for years and years so i still have her it's at a friend's house he's it's an 06 r6 and he put like an 08 engine and 08 uh body work on it so it's basically like an 08 but the framework's still 06 so yeah um i purposely raised that bike as tall as possible so that i can't touch the ground and because it was my daily commuter i would just get used to the height and so that way like years of riding that bike i it made me just like not be and feel intimidated when i rode any other bike yeah so like the africa twin is really really tall um any 450 dirt bike or 250 even yeah even 250 yeah so i can't touch the ground on any of those bikes but i'm just like i'm I'm totally cool like i'll you know lean the bike over use my leg as a kickstand um and just well that's the thing you only need one foot at a time exactly the only time it fucks you over is when you got to back it up and that's when you just manually back it up you get off matt yeah yeah like i do do that with my gs Right. Like on hills, it's kind of intimidating, too, because say like you're on an uphill and you're just it just it feels weird, you know. Um, But yeah, I just remember this one time because I rode a Multistrada and those are really big. Those are fucking cool bikes. Yeah, I love that. I love a Multistrada. It's so weird because I've always loved Ducatis Mm -hmm. and I still haven't had one. But go ahead. Yeah, it's I I, if I were to get a Ducati, I would probably do either the Multistrada or the Scrambler because I love how it's the Scrambler. It's currently the lightest scrambler in the market for as far as i know i don't know if there's anything new that came out recently but when i was like working with the ducati at the time that's what i learned but anyway <laughs> um also i've ridden my fair share of scramblers like i rode the desert sled in the philippines and that thing surprised me like pleasantly surprised me because it got through all this terrain and dirt and like you know has like the taller suspension and things like that so it's kind of like the dirt bike version of a you know of the versus the regular scrambler but yeah it it was super fun to ride it was fast um, but it was really tall right so but i love the fact that it's like a lighter scrambler and eventually i want to add a triumph scrambler because i i one of my followers on instagram was like hey you know i could really see you on a triumph scrambler and you're like fuck it okay well i know i I looked so i do take like my you know people who comment on my stuff like i take their input seriously you know like i'll if someone recommends a bike i'll look it up obviously so (laughs) so i googled it and i was like actually that's a beautiful bike and it's cool and you know i love my favorite type of bike out there is like 
um, like supermotos or like versatile bikes. You know, one that can go on both on road and on trail because trail riding is like my absolute favorite type of riding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just did the supermoto class. Oh, Fuck. SoCal supermoto. Oh my god. Yeah, I lo- yeah. I used to. I, I had him on classes. the podcast like two years ago. Uh-huh. He was like one of my top fifteen episodes. Was it Brian, something? the Brian, owner? Yeah. Course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But taking his course was completely different. Like, that's just some other How fucking so? Well, you know, I, I, I went there because it was just like motorcycle related. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about motorcycles. And we talked about it. And we talked about. He's like, you, hey, why don't you get on? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Not even not, like he said that. But it was just more of, of the business. Mm-hmm. And we got into his lifestyle. We got into how he almost lived in New York versus coming to California. Mm. And then, you know, he was kind of like not doing anything. And and it just kind of it just kind of happened, you know, and this is why he's doing it. And it was a very casual conversation. So I didn't think much of it. You Mm. know, I've taken many courses, but I've never taken a supermoto class. And I just took it, I think, last weekend or the previous weekend. Fuck me, man. That shit is fun. It's a different riding. Right. It's it's, adventure bikes it's so serious. You know, like I, like the amount of crashes and injuries, it was real. It, it's happening. It's kind of like being almost like moto, not really like motocross. That's crazy, other crazy shit. But like, yeah, you kind of, there's a style where you have to sit on the tank and stick your leg out. You and to, it's yeah, not he's like, you're put your to. fucking balls on, yeah, the, on the fucking tank. gas that tank. That sounds like, like right. Guys, like, like put it on yeah. there. And and, no, and and he said and it just like that. And then yeah. he's like, guys, okay, you're going to learn how to ride this. And, 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 you know, for example, let's say you're just riding. The cops are trying to pull you over. And there's a golf That's course. Run, yeah. Just fucking jump into the golf course. And mm-hmm. you're going to fucking, eh, yeah. eh, And then you're going to see a jump. Take the fucking jump. Eh, and then right. you're going to fucking, you know, and, and it's hilarious. It's he, the perfect getaway bike. It's the perfect getaway. I mean, any bike's a perfect getaway bike, but like, that's the perfect getaway bike. Right. So right. I want to get a supermoto because of that. But I, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. But how, how was, how many countries have you r- rode a bike in and how, and what's your favorite mm. one? Oh my gosh, that's so hard to choose from because I've ridden, let me see, I can't, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I've ridden in, um, I've ridden in China, I've ridden in Peru, I've ridden in uh, India, I've ridden in the Philippines. So just like thinking about it right now, my most memorable ones were like the Philippines and, and India. So what part it, of India? Uh, the Himalayan mountains. So I, oh, wow. I was like the only girl, there were 12 of us and yeah. I was the only female in the group so it was just really interesting but I'm, I'm used to being around a lot of dudes like with all my hobbies and everything in this community yeah, yeah and the community it's, it's always like male dominated um, it's a male dominated industry so we can't we rode for hundreds of miles per day um, through the great Himalayan mountains for 12 days and camped out like pretty like crazy camping and riding so I basically have ridden every single what what company was it uh, it's called Colloquial Experience. Uh, so I, I can uh, yeah, yeah. send you the link later. But they're amazing. They took care of everything. They have a van that follows just in case anything goes wrong. But basically, you're like just out there riding. Yeah. And it, we were on a bunch of Royal Enfield Himalaya, uh, Himalayans or Himalayas. 
it's, I think it's called the Himalayan Ro Royal Enfield. And that bike, I, I really want one of those bikes because those bikes are the ones that I, you can, we rode every, literally every single terrain and every single weather condition you could possibly imagine. So there was um, rain, snow, hail, oh my God. like blazing hot sun, just everything. And then we went like four seasons in a week. All, exactly. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy because I was like, how, how does this happen? But it makes sense because it was really hot in some parts. Then we rode through the highest motorable um, pass you could, you know, in the in the world. I think it's now the second. But at the time it was a, the highest, like it had the world record of the highest motorable pass where um, we're like 18,000 something feet above ground level so That's you crazy. need technically you needed oxygen That's higher than most people skydive yeah 20,000 you need oxygen 100 at yeah. 19 20 100 mm -hmm. percent yeah so there they were recommending hey if you stay on top of the mountain for that like an x amount of time you do need oxygen because we didn't have oxygen but we stayed up there and i could feel that it was literally harder to breathe and i was yeah. like oh this is crazy so even like when we had to get off because we we're like oh let's take pictures and stuff like that um <laughs> sorry my, my cat look oh, she's very touchy so um when i get uh when we got to the top, you know, of course, we all want to take photos. So we had to get off our bikes and we'd already been riding for hundreds of miles. Right. So we're already tired. And then on top of that, the, the, the air is very thin. So we get off our bikes and we're trying to push our bikes into formation so we could take this really cool group photo. But then we're all like heaving. Yeah, we're like, dude, we're I feel like I'm you like 90 years old. Yeah. yeah, you could barely breathe. Like it's hard, but it was cool. Like at the time, my adrenaline was like pumping. So I was like, no, we got this. Like, let's go. So you we know, can we, do it. Yo, you can do it. And everybody's <laughs> looking puede. at you. She's like, she's like this They're chick's like, this so crazy much smaller than us. I know. And our lungs are bigger and being more yeah. collapsed and shit. What the fuck? Yeah, so that, that was was one of my most memorable ones because we also rode over crazy like rivers like we that himalayan little royal enfield bike went through everything and i was like what the hell this bike is a tank yeah you know we went through rocks and like just so many different things so that was one of my favorite ones um yeah, that sounds like a fucking it was lifetime epic. yeah you know, for sure. epic. Like that, that, that's what it sounds like. Epic. But same with the Philippines, because that I kind of stumbled upon. Like I, so the whole story with how I even ended up in the Philippines was I actually hosted a, a travel luxury travel show on, and it was like aired on national Ge uh, geographic people, Asia and a few other networks that I can't remember right now. But, um, I hosted the show and my producer, it was just me and him who rode out there and he happened to ride motorcycles too. And so he's, he'd worked with a lot of, uh, previously worked with a lot of other hosts, but I was like, okay, you know what, since we're in another country and all this stuff, what if I like pitch to him, what if we incorporate motorcycles in the show? Yeah. So of course he loved it because he's a motorcycle enthusiast and he's like, you know and in what? in the Philippines, what people don't realize, just for the listeners too, what people don't realize is that a lot of countries outside of America rely on scooters and motorcycles exactly. to, as transport. But smaller ones. Right. So it's usually most scooters. of them are like no, no, no. 125 like we're, we're, cc. Yeah, we're yeah. riding like the mansion yeah. <laughs> fucking motorcycles. Yeah, Although, but. you know what I found in the Philippines is that Ducati is huge in the Philippines. Like, it's... Uh, 
if you're rich in the Philippines and you ride motorcycles, you have a Ducati, but yeah. it's like way more expensive out there because taxes are- With your are, karaoke machine. Taxes are crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stereotype. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I do love karaoke though. I was going to ask <laughs> yeah, when I came here. I was like, where's thing. the karaoke machine? There's one yeah. over there. I've I, Literally um, with it. I, 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 <laughs> and I, it has a disco light. <laughs> I didn't ask because you went upstairs. I was like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's true. And then there's a lot of stereotypes with Asians and Filipinos, like the big fork and spoon thing. I like, used I, to randomly, just quick fun fact i yeah. used to live in daily city uh-huh and daily city is the capital of the filipinos, filipinos yeah the capital that's like funny. every store you walk into has a whole pig like for sale. oh lechon yeah yeah, lechon, is, yeah have you had it of course it's good cubans it's good. make lechon do they oh yeah well, actually, cubans you know, are famous for lechon too a lot of like hispanic culture is very overlaps with and cube like different things like in south america like i i realize it's very overlapping with filipino culture because i think it's just um well, the Filipinos, if you look at the Filipinos, there's a lot of um, a, a lot of the, the Spanish conquistadores, yes, you know, yes, yes, were yes. in the Philippines. And mm. this is why you run into a lot of Filipinos with Spanish names. That's you know, you'll my be like, last Guantores name is Spanish. Yeah. And like, you're like, what the fuck, <laughs> like dude? Flores, you're, yeah. yeah. You're like, wait a minute, time out. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so again, I have a, a Spanish last name too. So a lot of people think that I have um, his, like Spanish in me, but probably do because of the history. Right. But yeah. Right. Um, anyway, back, oh, back to the Philippines. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, can, I, I, I digress a lot too. And I'm like, super. that's ADD, my so. podcast. I'm, yeah, yeah. I should call it like random. <laughs> yeah. Random, <laughs> random, random ADD. Yeah, ADD. <laughs> exactly. I, I, that's why I like can fit in your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, yes. um, where was I? Oh yeah. So I convinced my producer to incorporate motorcycles in this show. It was called Island Hunter. So initially I was like traveling to different, you know, the five-star restaurants and hotels and stuff like showing showcasing all these beautiful places in the philippines and i was like you know what let's do motorcycles i want to but also really it was just like my excuse to ride <laughs> so yeah. i was like i just want to ride somewhere <laughs> and like in that. another country but how cool would that be and so, they pay for it yes <laughs> exactly that's why i'm like do it you know if you get paid for what you love to do you, you never work a day in your life you know i totally butchered that saying but yeah, you know yeah, what i mean i know what you mean yeah. <laughs> um so it's anyway legit. like i said ducati is like huge out there in the philippines so we of course that's what we targeted when my producer was like okay well we're gonna like try to ride motorcycles i don't have any i've never in the history of like me working with hosts like none of them ever rode you're the first yeah. girl host that rides so i'm gonna take advantage of this kind of thing so we go to ducati we he's like you're a girl i'm gonna take advantage of that yeah. wait, wait, hold on hold, <laughs> hold on, on that's Motorcycle. new i <laughs> know that's that's nothing new yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to a that's female's not, that, life welcome to the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> real life Earth. sucks i'm just kidding it's savage but uh um, Jokes, jokes, yeah. jokes. <laughs> All yokes. Um, so we got to Ducati and it was like, you know, the wife came out and she was like, oh, what's going The wife of the owner. Yeah. She's like, oh, what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And so my producer's like, okay, just let me do all the talking. Da, da, da. And he goes, okay, so, you know, like, you know, I host a show. We're filming right now, blah, blah, blah. You know, how would you feel if we like incorporated Ducati and this, you know, he threw his old pitch. Yeah. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And she was all for it. And then she goes, oh, uh. Um, so who's the writer? And then he goes, oh, yeah, her. And he, like, shows me. Or he, like, kind he of points to me. me. Yeah. yeah, and then she, like, looks at me, like, up and down. And then it was like, oh, okay, we'll get back to you, you know? And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And I realized I didn't think female writers already is like a rarity i was gonna ask yeah no, well not anymore before Even right? there now, are a lot there are but, so, but not only that not only that i mean mm. get, get to the point but i was gonna ask like uh, a female um 
what's the word role model or, mm. or, or, or you know, influencer in, in these countries, it, it's kind of still looked down upon in a sense, right? Compared to America. Not that it's looked down. It, well, it could be because like females aren't supposed to, you know, right. they're not supposed to Get be like, a bike. right. Yeah, exactly. Does. Yeah, exactly. So she was like kind of in shock, like, okay, we're not going to put you on a like multi thousand. Like, okay. So again, in the Philippines, it's way more money for a Ducati. Like the taxes in itself is like so it's double to triple. Yeah. Like more than that. I think from what I remembered and then the taxes in itself was insane. I was like, what the hell, you know, like, but yeah, it is like triple. So she was like, she um, immediately, you know, like that women's intuition, you know, when a girl's <laughs> like judging you or like, you know, I yeah. just felt it. She just looked and she's like, Oh, all of a sudden she just changed. She was like, Oh, okay, well, we'll let you know. It was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, the idea seemed cool, but now like this girl who's like this small, you know, and I was like dressed in heels, like, cause I was dressed up like a host, you know? So right. I had to be all like girly. So I, I don't blame her for like looking at me like that, but yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, I, my thing is like, I love the element of surprise and stuff like that. So I'm like, surprise, I just stay quiet. Bitch. I know. So I just I'm like, kidding. I was like, okay, We're cool. Kidding. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then my producer was like, oh, okay, well, here's the, you know, media kit and all this stuff so we leave we sure enough we didn't get a phone call from Ducati they're like so I guess they didn't want to work with us but then um I met some other guys who started riding it like I went to a, we went to a motorcycle shop and they were all like oh you know what you could borrow one of our bikes you know so I was like okay they had bikes for me to use so I went out and I rode with them like and they had Ducatis too because they were like guys with money and so um after I rode with them, I rode with this club called Club 200. Or no, I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun here. So I rode through the streets with them. And then it wasn't long before like word spread like wildfire through the Philippines. And people started talking about like, oh, there's some chick here who showed up from America and she's riding all over Manila and like she's a great rider, you know? So that started happening. And then so Ducati called us back and was like, hey, you know, let's let you borrow one of our bikes. You know, you yeah. can borrow a super sport. Um, but the owner was like, but I want you to ride with um, all these people. Um, so like this whole group called Club 200 or whatever. And so they're called Club 200 because they don't go under 200 kilometers out there, apparently, which, which is, is like, like 100, 100 yeah, 150, I don't know, something like that. 115, 100 something like that. You think it's 150? Yeah. So, but still, like average, like that's, and in the Philippines, nonetheless, it's, riding in the Philippines is crazy. I, I don't know how I came back alive because I already I think ride, riding anywhere in the world is pretty fucking crazy. It's, it's like, there's no concept of a lane. There are jipneys, took like different types of like animals, like guys with guns, you know, in the streets. Like there's just all this chaotic stuff. Like I'll tell you right like I saw a guy die in front of me. It was pretty morbid. Like I was riding and not on he, a motorcycle, right? No, he was on a bike. Yeah, a bike. he wow. was on a bike. He got hit by a car, and then nobody did anything. Like like they we all stopped. Them, like, they just... went around him like it was a normal thing. And I was like, okay, he's like dead, dead. You know, like yeah. you could tell. And I was like, okay, well, we're just gonna keep on, you know, doing like people just turn their heads. Like it's different in a, like a third world country and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, anyway. It's it's very chaotic, but it, you could see it's organized chaos, and I think that like because people are organized used to the, chaos. it is yeah. it's so true because people ride everywhere, but you see how everyone kind of just flows, and it's like because they grew up in that whole environment, they're used that's to their the normal. Chaos. Yeah, they don't know anything else. Yeah, and so um, anyway, I rode with Club Two Hundred through the it's called the Miralaki Twisties. And those guys were shocked because the whole time, you know, I ride the canyons here, I ride the track. 
And so I was keeping up with all the fast guys in the group um, on this Ducati Super Sport. I, I was like, so I was like, my adrenaline was going crazy because I was like, dude, this is crazy. I kind of have something to prove. But, I, you know, I, I'm also making sure that I'm checking my ego because I was at some point I was young and dumb and doing stupid, like riding stupidly, you know, through. I feel like everyone kind of goes through that phase. And then you get yeah. older and you realize, OK, all your friends are dying and like you've gone into close calls. Like I've been down a few times. Like I have a lot of crazy stories, too, when, when it comes to going down. But like so for me, I already knew ahead of time okay check your ego at the door but still have fun you know i love to have like spirited rides and show how these dudes had a ride not show them because of course i don't know their experience they could be very well all be better than me you know what i mean like but i'm just like i'm gonna have fun with them so we all rode and they were shocked like when we like got up to the mountain and we got off to go eat they were like what the heck like this is insane you know and i was like no no you know like i'm just having fun with you guys and this like this and that and so after that whole ride, that's when Ducati hit us up and was like, okay, we're going to work with you, you know? And I went, they, I got invited to like these dinners and stuff and they wrote like articles about me out in the wow. Philippines. It was really cool. Cause there was a, a top gear. It's like a big, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. Of top yeah. Gear. So top gear They're Philippines super. did a interview on me because of top gear is originally a British company, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. now it's like worldwide. Wow. So now I, because I kind of earned my street cred and like word spread like wildfire, Ducati was like, the owner personally came up to me and was like, you know what? I heard from my guys, like these are like my customers, my close friends, everything that they rode with you personally and that you can ride. He's like, so you are now grant, like you can ride any bike here like that you want to. So then after that, <laughs> do basically, so quick, huh? yeah, so it was really, well, it wasn't so quick. Like, I mean, it was like a few days, but we you, were earned filming. You, we, one, earned you earned it. You, I earned it because yeah. you've been riding for so long. Right. Number two, you, you really gotten to that point of riding. Right. And, and I they feel just like, recognized it. That's all. Right. And as a female, in a male dominated industry it is it has been such a journey to earn real respect through the even till nowadays like i still get comments like oh my god she's writing for attention oh my god like da, da, da. and like even when i get go to bike nights or like other bike um like events people like guys will come up to me oh so who'd you come here with like who's yeah. you know back of the bike did you ride on and i'm like bro okay you want to ride on the back of my bike but you know i'll just <laughs> kind of sometimes I, i'm such a troll i'll like troll back with people like i have so many funny stories about guys like trying to you know i'll tell you i'll go to that after i finish my yeah. Philippine story so anyway um back to now they let me ride the ducatis so not only that, it was at the time, it was when the V4 was coming out. Uh, so it was like 2018 or 17, 17 or something, 2017, yes. So in the Philippines, this was the first and only Ducati in the entire country. And in so the continent. in the continent, yeah, like yeah. So they told me, they're like, you know what? We're closing down Clark International Raceway, right? They made a private track day just for me. And I got to ride the Ducati V4 Wow! on the track. Wow. Like they, they closed the whole, so they got three different bikes for me. It was a super sport, the V4 and a Panigale, uh, 12, 1299 or something like that. I can't remember the third one. That's I think it was, but it was like the top three bikes that Ducati. I had. haven't done this as much on the podcast, but that's like a super high five. Oh, thank you. That's like a so, super high five. But they, they put, they're like, Oh, by the way, this is the only Ducati in the country. So if you crash it, then that sucks. Yeah. You know, just be yeah. careful. So I said, okay. So I got to ride like on the show. I got to ride a racetrack 
on a Ducati V4 and a Super Sport and other bikes. So that was a really cool experience in the Philippines. And then um, from there, my producer had an emergency, like a family emergency. And he was like, oh my God, we have to stop filming. He's like, I could, you have two choices. I could either pay for your hotel and stuff like that. And you could stay here until I get back. Or I could fly you home and then I could fly you back when I'm back. Hotel, please. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. Mm. I love like, but I'll Four, be. What's the flight? 14 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I love exploring. I have like this crazy adventure side, but I'm also by myself in a third, like third world country. And it's kind of scary as like a female by herself. Like, but again, I was like, the things that scare you the most are usually the ones that worth most worth it. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. I was like, I'll stay, you know, and I'll Fucking make friends it, yeah. and stuff. So anyway, I ended up staying and that whole thing turned into the craziest adventure because I made, because I'd already made friends like in the motorcycle industry out there, everyone just kept wanting to ride with me. I always had a bike out there and um, I made friends with the Senator and the Senator was like, you know, madly like, well, I, he, he liked me a lot. He yeah. was like, I like riding with you. And it was just crazy out there because you learn about like the different pol crazy political system and yeah. stuff like that, whether or not it's corrupt, but who knows what's going on out there, right? Oh, but, we all know it's corrupt. It's fine. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, okay, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but yeah. when I, I was it. out there, I learned a lot of the secrets and I learned a lot of the crazy stuff. I got really close with a lot of the higher ups out there and, um, and made friends with them. And so I, like, there was this one time where... They, these group of guys were like, hey, we're going to ride the rain through the crazy rain for uh, the rainforest and stuff. You have a bike. We'll give you gear, everything you want to come with us. So I was like, uh, hell yes, let's go. So um, they gave me a bike and um, like a dirt bike. It was, oh my gosh, it was like a really cool one. It was like a, I can't remember right now, right now but if like everyone who always sees it are like dang are oh ugh, sorry are always Suck telling Suck me yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i always like okay so my brain works like a thousand miles per hour so I could, sometimes I, you, you could see it yeah. whoever's watching the video you could it, see like, it. <laughs> on crack. okay but anyway people Did who you say you're on crack no, no. <laughs> <laughs> people who see it are like that's a badass bike i have to look at my instagram again but anyway i they let me borrow this dirt bike that was a badass dirt bike and um full we, dirt bike or like enduro it was like an enduro okay and so we rode through the philippine rainforest right so wow. again there were like a bunch of dudes it was to the point where we rode like we had to pay a guy like we would cross a river and in order to cross the river we had to pay like a guy a few pesos and he had like this really is it pesos over there too pesos yeah I'm yeah fucking spanish yeah i swear Those well spanish a lot of our conquers. words you know overlap like cuchara uh, basura you know la puerta like all that is like the oh, same la puerta, basura? Mm -hmm. i didn't know all, all of that tenedor cuchara like i, I think i said that. la mesa la mesa tenedor plato mm -hmm. yeah so that's why like my spanish is pretty okay um but i also studied it like i said i studied uh languages in college which is a whole nother subject but yeah so you had to pay this boatman like pesos and it's like this dinky sketchy little like raft that it looks like he just made it 
you know, the, the day before. Board. It's like pieces of wood with like pieced together by bamboo and stuff. Like it was crazy. But basically you get on it and you put your dirt bike on it. And then he rows you across the river and the river's like crazy. One bike at a time? No, like I we fit like two bikes, two or three bikes. And it's like this like little raft. And, it's um, like this table. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> we, we we're like very tight. Like the three bikes are together. They try to jam pack everything. And then we're just on there like hoping that we don't like sink and drown and die and we're like okay and then once we and got you guys are wearing all your fucking gear which makes yeah so heavier. i didn't have like yeah so they gave me this jacket it was too big for me obviously like all the gear didn't fit me properly but i was like so excited to ride i was like okay let's just go you know like yeah. as long as the helmet fits then yeah. that's good with me um so yeah and in the philippines it's also very humid so wearing full, like crazy full gear like was actually more harmful than not you know and yeah. that's a whole nother subject that i could get into where you know a lot of people say oh my god wear full gear all the time and i'm like no sometimes and it depending on where you are full gear will actually you can put you in a heat stroke and it's even 100%. more dangerous because half of riding uh, uh, is mental uh, uh, a random a random uh, fact uh, i don't know about now i mm. still believe now but miami if you have insurance you don't have to wear a helmet yeah if you don't have insurance you have to wear a helmet Oh, that's weird. But there are actually a lot of states that don't require helmet, like Utah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, but but or, or you know, I, I think Arizona, where it's uh, very hot. Where it's and humid. very hot. Right. Right. So, but anyways. I yeah, I could see that. So now you're on this. So now raft, we're on this raft boat whatever <laughs> yeah so Who knows? you're on we, a helmet i'm like, like dude this is like the coolest experience i've never like loaded a bike onto a tiny little raft that i don't even know if it works you know paying a, this dude this boatman like some pesos but whatever yeah, you whatever. know yolo or i whatever. trust you bro i whatever, trust you bro. Like, whatever. you know and it, whatever i know to swim at the very end of the day yeah. you know i'll like swim Fuck to the safety bike. It's not even mine, yeah. <laughs> no i will respect people's bikes i would try to save it but yeah at that point my life for the bike i'm gonna save my life there's nothing to save it's like yeah it falls in the water it's done yeah yeah exactly so yeah so we get across and then we just continue on our trek so anyway long story short th those were the two most memorable countries that i've ever ridden was in was is india and the philippines That's, so yeah those both are fucking amazing i will I, and every yeah. bike you described is is amazing because because most people ride scooters right most right. people ride scooters or small little bikes mm -hmm. and like you're talking about you, everything you wrote out there was fucking badass. Yeah. Even there it was badass. Here it was badass, which right. is a big deal. Yeah, so it's cool. If, you, if you're ever out there, make friends with the Ducati people because that's where it's at. Like, I got to ride all the Scramblers. I rode all the, you know, the nice V4s, the Super Sports, like all, all of the street bikes and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so they're very – Filipinos are just very accommodating people in general. They're very hospitable and very I've noticed sweet. that about most countries you go to. Well, just, Europe just, too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Europe, uh -huh. India. Yeah. You know, I was in India. I was in Mumbai. Everybody's fucking nice. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you don't nobody's – nobody's going to rob you. Like, yeah. bitch, well, give me your money. Like, what? It's just – I don't know. It's, it's hard to – but, yes, for the most people – But, like, again, that, that's why I asked earlier, like, being a female and traveling to these countries where, you know, it's still kind of like, oh, you're a female and you're – it, it, it's kind of difficult no? it is yeah because also just in general like you don't know if people are being friends with you or being nice to you because they think you're pretty or like you know they have ulterior motives but i i kind of have that mindset where i don't want to think that way like i don't really like living in fear or anything like that which also could get you in trouble because i i tend to give people the benefit of the doubt but because of that personality trait that i have i feel like 
all the pros have overcome the cons in that sense. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people are like, oh, well, you trust people too easily. Then, you know, you're too nice to these people. What if something bad happens? You know, they kidnap you or something. But I've been so, like, lucky and blessed, blessed to have yeah. met the coolest people and because i trust them and i'm so cool like a lot of the guys like in the philippines that i met who were with ducati or like any other you know who had money out there and they worked at bike shops and stuff they were the ones who like took me on around the philippines like i literally went to so many cool things like underground boxing and then at night it turns into this (laughs) crazy like strip club like it's like crazy it's like no but it's like there's a lot like it's that's like, so much body no like, so fight and then a strip club. no there like, was one just... that's like midget boxing like it was like there was a lot of crazy stuff out there yeah. and i'm like what are you guys taking me to but whatever i'm open-minded i'm down you know there's a lot of stuff going on in there that's like that's fucking wild same in thailand like thailand is another crazy place where all this stuff happens and I, i'm like i, I heard it so i'm crazy. sure you hear a lot of things yeah and it's true i i had just for the for the um exaggerated part of like the red district like Mm -hmm. i have a friend of mine and he's i don't want to say a pervert but he's like a an exaggerated man you know like yeah yeah, yeah, like you know i like this i I know lots of those (laughs) yeah exactly there's a lot of them he went there because he was in the marines and he probably went crazy out there i I was like hey you went to thailand he's all dude not not for me i go what like it's not for you yeah if it's a lot not for him then it's he's like dude it's hell Mm-hmm. It, like it, it, there's certain areas that you walk through and it's hell. And, yeah. I, and I just a, a quick I was like, well, what, what's fucking hell? He goes, dude, you see American dudes, six, four, six, five, 60 years little old girls, with yeah. little kids, yeah. like 10 year old. Like it's hell. Yeah. You know, there are obviously some dark the, parts, there right? is some dark parts. Right. And then he said another story that I, I've never even repeated after that. And I will not repeat because it was just so dark. And I'm like, oh, my God. So but yeah. then you have all this beauty and wildness and everything else. I will say I did go to one of those places where like <laughs> girl. <laughs> so I it dun, started dun, dun, to. Dun, OK, dun. what had happened was <laughs> happened? I was playing, <laughs> yeah, I was playing pool and darts with some lady playing pool and darts at the same time yeah. <laughs> well it was pool and then there was darts like there was a lot going yeah. on that night and then she was oh do you want to go inside like there's a bar and stuff like that and i was like oh, she was so nice and i was like okay i'm down to go yeah. so i go in and then like there's just a lot of girls there's like strip stripper poles literally like 20 stripper poles on a stage and they're all dressed and stuff so yeah. it wasn't like crazy but they're like teenage girls who looked all sad like on, just on mm. the pole they weren't even barely even dancing. They were like swaying back and forth. And then you see a lot of guys. And honestly, a lot of these guys were like military dudes yeah. that were traveling and they have a laser pointer and they just point at the girls. Wow, and when they click. point, yeah, they click at you. The girl has to come down and like entertain them and like just have fun with them and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's crazy, you know? And so um, I, I was kind of like tipsy you know um so i was like oh my god i want to go up there like and just Uh-oh. have fun you know so and they like were, psych bitch well <laughs> so the funny thing is so i did like pole fitness because it's such a good workout like i yeah. have um, aerial I've, I've, known many, I've known many people that yeah do that. yeah it's yeah a, it's a fitness it's a it's real like i i first took like a pole fitness class like years ago when i was in college and i was like dude this is actually really cool like no wonder you know like 
you can get a really you can get really good upper body strength from this so i bought a pole Arms, from my shoulders, house yeah back. yeah back when i was in la i still have it i'm gonna install it in my backyard right now but um right now not right now <laughs> my backyard hold on can we finish the podcast hold on, yeah, stop. Hold i need on. to install this stripper pole real it. quick i'll show you some moves but, what happens um, to the rest of the episode she went and fucking she, installed the stripper it's, pole it was the add sorry yeah. but um yeah so Anyway, it's and it's a fun time and it's like a great way to make, you know, your friends and stuff like feel sexy and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah. I'm like a big advocate for embracing your femininity, but also having that tomboy side. Um, but anyways, yeah. So That's because I had like um, pole fitness experience. I was you like, were like, this is my time no, to shine. I was like, no, this no, is no, what no. I prepare I don't, for. Okay. It's only when I'm drunk when I'm like, oh, let's go do stuff. But I was like, I wanted to teach these girls. because I'm like, this is so sad. You know, they're yeah. just like literally there's going like this and they, their faces are like dead but, they're like whatever so i go up to the stage you're all doing right? everybody's makeup yeah no no i, I was smile. like smile well i okay. met one of the girls she was really nice like she she was like all like i see her and i, I go up to the stage and i start i'm like hey do you want to like learn some cool moves you're so fucking yeah. innocent and you're so, hilarious yeah so she was like okay <laughs> so we start i literally start doing pole dance moves on the thing and the girl i was teaching her and she was laughing she started smiling which was like that's my thing i just want everybody around me to have fun yeah. right so i i saw i felt the energy in the room like with the girls that they were like kind of like blah mm. so i went up there legit and i was like okay let's go let's let's like dance and do stuff and so i was showing her stuff and she was actually really cool like she she started laughing and doing all the moves with they me they were the, enjoying it yeah the other girls started kind of laughing and i see them <clears throat> kind of smiling and I'm like okay now it's like turning into something but then I see like laser pointers on me right because I'm like what okay hold on I was like no 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 I was like you know obviously I'm just like someone who came from the crowd but they don't you know yeah. guys there who are drunk don't know any difference like right. I could have just been out there in the crowd anyway right. long story short you could have been in the crowd they would have put I, lasers I on made you. friends with a girls I took her I was like hey come downstairs I was like I'll buy you a, a drink you know and because I you know she was just like oh okay she looked really young too so we go down and um I ended up buying her a drink and I was like I kind of just took her away from that scene and I was like so what's your name this and that and we kind of got to know each other and she she was like the sweetest girl. I just remember she was like kind of very attachy actually because I don't think she's ever met like a girl who was like, hey, come and hang out. And I'll buy I, you a drink and I'm like, not I'll trying buy you to drink. fuck you. Yeah, and... I'm just actually trying to talk to you and like yeah. learn about your life. You know, I was like, how old are you? And she's like, oh, I'm like 17. And I'm like, okay. Oh. You know, but out there again, you know, it's not like looked down upon to do that kind of work. Like in fact, like it's like work. It's the norm. It's norm. It's yeah, norm. it's normal. I mean, it's norm. But uh, <laughs> Hi, norm. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was just so humbling and interesting to hear from her. And she was just telling me about her life. And she, and, you know, I was like, what? oh, well, tomorrow I'm going to go get my nails done, you know. And she was like, oh, I've never, ever done that. And I was like, oh, well, one of these days I was like, you know, maybe I'll come back out and like we could go out and get our nails done or do something. And it was just like a really cool experience to meet her and stuff so then yeah that was my one random night in thailand <laughs> that's pretty um, fucking random yeah there was a lot of stuff but that it, went it, on. it's 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 interesting that there's there's just people that don't know mm -hmm. they don't know i ran into somebody like that in in uh, barstow yeah recently and uh, i was driving to vegas front tire pops and it's 2 a.m 2 3 a.m and i'm like fuck man like you know i don't have a spare Actually, I did have a spare, but I didn't have the key for the, the, the lug nut. Mm -hmm. So I call a taxi company, and when I get the, t the taxi company, 
this girl answers and she's like, Hey, uh, you know, it's kind of late. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not in Baker. Mm-hmm. I'm not in Baker or in Barstow. I'm like in the middle of like, no, there's yeah, nothing yeah. there. I'm fucked. It's kind of scary. You know? Right. She's like, look, this is my aunt's company. I'm just answering the phone. There's no taxi drivers right now. And I was like, well, fuck, is there any solution? They're like, I'll, I'll go pick you up. And this girl comes and picks me up and it took her like two hours. The tow truck was going to pick up the Audi and, you know, tow the Audi. And that that's it. And she picks me up and she starts telling me her story. And she's like, yeah, I'm 24 years old. My mom died when she gave me birth. And uh, my dad just died now. He was older from COVID. Yeah. And uh, I go, you ever been to L.A.? And she's like, no, I've never been to L.A. And I'm like, you're in Baker, you know, like. And, and anyways, the story she's it's talking so about, hard. it's it's not. It's like two hours tops, you know, from Baker or uh, Barstow, mm-hmm. you know. And anyways, you just run into these people that just have these lives that are so enclosed and they're bubbles and and they don't know anything other than that. What do you do for fun? Well, there's one bar that everybody goes Mm -hmm. to, but I don't like going there because everybody goes to. It's just fucking so weird. Like, but that's the norm for those people. Yeah, really, honestly, traveling, it really humbles you and opens up your mind to a lot of things. Like I... I always tell people if you have the chance or the means to, you know, you learn so much more traveling than you'll ever learn ever. reading books and things ever. like that. I used to And you're more appreciative. Right, right. Because you think you experience these real life situations, right? That a lot of school doesn't really teach you. Yeah. You know, like I've I've had a lot of my fair share of education and stuff like that. But I, you know, I used to like be such a bookworm when I was little and I used to read a lot of books and I used to read about like far off places, but it's not even the same at all when you're actually in these places, you know, because times change too. So yeah, you you just don't know. Yeah. And that book is a representation of that time Mm -hmm. and that place in that time. Right. Right. So everything changes as it goes. But what, like... (laughs) Did you have like a crazy uncle that got you into because you do so much badass shit like you've done the skydiving thing mm-hmm. like you've done so much like like where where does that spark where does that spark ignite and, and did your did your family or your mother or your parents did they ever try to stop you or prevent you or they kind of been like yeah you're good so what's funny is okay so I. I've just always had that like spirit of adventure when I was little. I used to love climbing trees. I used to love like basically giving my mom a heart attack. Like she so Breaking I was bones, yeah, like so <laughs> I was such a tomboy growing up. I have one older brother and I wanted to be just like him. Like I looked up to him like crazy. So I he used to skate. I wanted to skate. I bought all these skater shoes. I had like a DVSs, Etnies, all these different things. And I even wanted to cut my hair like a bowl haircut like his because I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so cool. A bowl haircut. Yeah, it was not cute. Just, yeah. So It's so funny because with the stories that you're telling me, I'm, I'm like calculating your age. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, she has the bowl thing. <laughs> the bowl haircut, I know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just crazy because my mom was a very big advocate. Like, no, I had a daughter for a reason. You can't know. Like, I want you to be feminine. So because I had, was such a tomboy growing up, like I, she saw that I loved climbing things. I was very adventurous. I loved like skateboards and or riding skateboards and things like that. She would always purposely take me on shopping trips and be like, and she's like, look, buy anything you want. I'm going to buy you these dresses. I'm going to buy, and she taught me the value of being like a lady. She's like, oh, you know, always like see yourself as a princess, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like you want to cross your legs. You want to be like this. You're very classy. And I really love and appreciate that about my mom because I feel like that was so valuable as a female you know because i do really appreciate like my femininity again but 
I I still that's like, what makes it all so exciting and attractive. Right, I felt I always felt like men boys have like way more fun because I always 100%. had a curfew. I always my my brother got to go out and play in the dirt and the mud, and my mom was like, no no no, you have to be clean this and that. And I'm like, no, I, I want to get dirty. I want to be in the mud too. Like I traded my Barbie doll, so I had like all these Barbie dolls. My brother would play with G with GI Joes and Legos and stuff, and I was like, your toys are so much cooler, you know. And so I we would got like more accessories. Yeah, and- I'm like I. I, I like took my Barbies to my brother. I'm like, can we like let them like hang out? And my brother was like, no, that's Ew. stupid, you know. And I was like, so anyway, I ended up playing with his <laughs> toys, but my mom always made it very clear to me, no, you're my daughter. You have to be a girl and this and that. So that's how I kind of have like my girly side, and I've always stuck with it, and I've always appreciated it because I I love my mom, and I I like take everything she says like to heart, and I you know I respect her and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so. I started, like, because I had, like, the whole tomboy thing and I love the adventure side, I naturally got into motorcycles. I actually had to hide the fact that I rode motorcycles for, like, two years from them. And the way they found out was really crazy. So I learned how to ride a motorcycle, (laughs) right? I got my license, and then I actually got run over. By the way, as as you're doing this, just because I've heard stories like this and I've experienced this, you you learn how to ride a motorcycle, but, like, you're doing this behind your parents' back, behind the family back. You're sneaking away. Yeah. You're making up excuses. Like, it's a big fucking deal. It's a big thing. Right, right. But then I got run over by a car riding a motorcycle (laughs) like completely run over uh, in 2011 um it was like crazy because my brother actually witnessed it um and he was like following me on a bicycle because he saw he's learned i told him i was like oh my god i'm starting to ride a motorcycle i'm learning and he was like okay he's like i want to see my brother he was always like kind of the instigator so he's like how fast can you take that thing you know, so I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to, like, show off to my brother because, you know, I, I looked up to him. I was like, I want to sh- make him proud. So I was riding this little dirt bike at the time in a neighborhood. Um, so my boyfriend is the one who taught me how to ride motorcycles 14 years so ago. So he's responsible. <laughs> he's responsible for all the craziness that happened, you know. And so um, he taught me. And so I, he, I was using one of his bikes and my brother was there and. I wanted to eventually teach my brother and he was like on a bicycle and he was like, I'll follow you. He's like, I, I just want to see you ride. So I was like, okay. So I'm like in my head, I'm like, I need to go fast. Like <laughs> I need to show my brother. Mm. So I'm like going through this neighborhood and I, there's like, it's like kind of like a three way stop. And so I was going and it was this, the guy on the right side should have stopped. But he, so basically a ki- 18 year old kid ran a stop sign. Yeah. And when I was going, like he went like around the stop sign and I and I was kind of a newbie rider. I just had been riding for like a year. And I so I fixated, I target fixated on his car. Mm. And I did the whole newbie thing where I grabbed the front brake. You panicked. I washed out. Yeah, because I was like, oh, my God, he like ran. I didn't expect him running the the red light because later on I found out he was actually late to pick up his dad from the airport. So he was rushing. And so my brother is right behind me and I looked at the bike. I grabbed the front brake and I like washed out and then he hits the bike and I don't even barely remember it, but I just remember coming to like, and I was, I was like being a squid. I was wearing my a helmet, a white 
white wife beater tank top jeans <laughs> yeah. and some converse yeah so because i'm like well yeah. it's just my brother i'm just gonna ride down the street i didn't think anything was gonna happen but you know the whole thing is like most accidents happen within like a mile radius of where you live and things like that yep. it's very true because it's an insurance statement yeah right well it's f- the frequency of how much you're actually yeah, there that's sci- why it's science right science, science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway i get hit by this car i basically am completely underneath a car mm. uh, this car it's a it was a toyota oh my tercel God, your poor brother yes oh. so my brother later on told me he witnessed the whole thing he thought i died he he was like oh my god she's gone because he saw me one minute and then the car run me over and he said that he saw the car like bounce up and down mm. so he's like oh my god she's completely under she's dead you know I don't know what happened, like Archangel Michael or some, but my angels like looked after me. But the only reason why I lived was I didn't get pinned by any of the tires. I landed like right in the middle of between the wheels, but I was completely under. So I was pinned and I wrote a whole blog on this on like my website and stuff, but of my whole entire experience getting run over. And I just remember I I was wearing an Arai helmet and that's the only thing that saved my life because it acted as a spacer between the, you know, the bottom of the car and the asphalt. And I just remember being stuck and I was like, I came to and I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, and I was like looking around and I couldn't move because I was like pinned down. And then I was like, oh, my God. Wow. The first the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, wow, this is like what underneath the car looks like you know there's a lot of metal there's like oil a pipe. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah what's going on here you know like <laughs> his tires are kind of dirty but yeah i thought that and all of a sudden like it, it kind of went by really slow but also very fast because so wild he is wild yeah so i heard him like changing gears so i hear it and i'm like okay it's either he's gonna pull forward or he's gonna go backwards so now if you run someone over the right thing to do is stop don't move because the person underneath could be panicking moving and then you could rerun something over so if i like extend my arm like trying to get out and he backs up like now he ran me over yeah so don't ever if you ever run over somebody people just stop the car get out and then look under to assess the situation but this is what this episode's about right (laughs) this is what how to save your life when you get run over car yeah so i hear him switching the gears and i'm like oh shit okay so i'm like whatever i just did don't move and i can't feel my body because my adrenaline is going off the charts at this point i don't know what's going on i don't know what got ran over i was like whatever. yeah you don't know how you crashed i don't, don't even know what happened bike. your yeah, brothers yes. there you're, i didn't even, you're, you're, even think of my brother to, to be right, honest like i just like I was like, but what subconsciously am I? you have so many, so things much running. things going on. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever happens, don't move because if he already ran something over, like if my legs already run over, then you don't but, even know if your legs are attached exactly, to you at this point. Like, you don't yeah. know what the fuck's going no on. No idea because I can't see. And so I hear him switching gears. And so I'm like, okay, just don't move. Like that, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. My first instinct was don't move. Let him do what he needs to do. So he starts backing off of me. And because he was backing off of me and my helmet was pinned, it was like, like it was moving my helmet like sideways so it was almost gonna if i didn't move my body with it it would have broken my neck because it was like moving my head like this and i was like okay so i had to purposely give myself road rash on my arms like you could it happened in 2011 but you see this yeah yeah yeah, i could see it yeah so i had to go like this and i have a little bit of road rash here because i had to like move my body to like keep it aligned with my neck while he was backing up off me and then the moment he backed off i felt all the weight come off because he like came off of me i like so you shouldn't move too because you don't know what's broken but me i'm like i'm good so i jump 
up and I'm like freaking out. And now at this point, there's like a lot of people outside, like looking and like calling 911. And I see people panicking. And I look at myself, I'm like feeling myself. And I'm like, okay, I can't feel anything, but I'm like bloody everywhere. I'm like ble bleeding on my arms, my legs, um, my jeans are all torn up. And then, so I run up to the first person I see and I'm like, Oh my God, is my face messed up? Cause that was the first thing that I thought. Yeah. I was like, is it, is my head okay? And they're like, you're fine, you're fine. But you just got run over by car. We're calling 911. And so I'm like panicking. Anyway, the, the um, ambulance comes, they come and get me. I like go into shock and all this stuff. So then they give me morphine, which is by the way, like the best stuff ever. <laughs> it is the best stuff ever. Like you literally all your pains and sorrows and everything goes away. I know a guy, I know a guy. I know no, a guy. <laughs> we'll talk after, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I just remember it. I was in the, I was in the ambulance and they gave me all this morphine and like, the ambulance guys were like hot. They were like young and hot. So I was like looking at them like, oh, I was like, do you mind giving me like a little bit more? And they're like, oh, legally, we're only supposed to give you like 0.5 milliliters or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't, but then they're like, you know what? You just got ran over by a car. Let, we'll give you a little we'll bit more. Yeah, we'll hook you up. And I was like, ah, oh, thanks. So it You're was like, like can really, you do it your shirt off? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I know. I'm like, please make this easier. I just got run over by a car. It's just so much pain. Yeah. So I'm hurting so much. It hurts so much. Please help. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like, that was my whole experience but oh yeah and then the doctor oh my gosh i'm going into tangent but this no, is how no, my parents good. found out how i rode a motorcycle so obviously like i was in the Great hospital recall yeah. yeah so my the doctor was like came in and was like you know what you are one of the luckiest like people that i've patients that i've ever had who've been run over by a car because usually it's much worse than this but you're leaving to on this you're being discharged on the same day with just bruises and you know like um road rash and scars he's like but it could have so been much. it could have been way so worse much. of course and so i was like okay so then i you know i was discharged that same day but i had to go home and i w literally wore sweatpants because it hurt so much to wear like tight jeans yeah, yeah of i wore sweatpants and maxi dresses all week to hide it from my parents you know but i I literally shot myself in the foot because that was during college when I, I was going to a community college and I was oh. transferring I was into, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was transferring. She likes, she's a ninja cat. So yeah, yeah. I um, really had to ninja. write my personal statements. Yeah. And um, in my personal statements, they asked me, oh, what are some pivotal moments in your life that changed your out outlooks and things like that? So, of course, I write about the time where I almost died. Yeah. I, I, I wrote, I write this whole you know both of my um personal statements and prompts were about me getting run over and stuff like that i forget what the other one was but um so any long story short my uh my statement my personal statements got chosen in my at my college to be published published and presented <laughs> because they were like oh this, this was really so well written no no it wasn't that it no. was crazy but they wanted to use it as an example for other students um who need help writing their personal statements so it was like submitted to the english department or whatever you know yeah and so i was like okay i want to make my parents proud and so i told my parents i was like oh my god mom like dad my my essays got chosen to be like an example in the you know in english <laughs> department as like personal yeah. statements and stuff like that for people going to you'd be so to. proud yeah so of course my mom and dad are like oh give us a copy of it and we're going to show it to our co-workers i didn't even think about the fact that i wrote about me getting run over by a car 
on riding a motorcycle yes. so behind they, their back for exactly, two years. Yeah, and yeah. I got fucking hit. Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, without thinking, I'm like, oh, I was so excited. I sent, I gave them my personal statements and I moved on with my life. Now, when I was out with my friends one time, I was like, we we're having fun and, you know, we we're driving. I get a phone call from my mom and she was like, uh, she sounded so pissed off. She's like, I need you to come home right now. And I was like, mm why you know and she goes just come home right now i need you to be home i could tell i know my mom when i'm in trouble that's her tone and she's like shaking so i'm like oh shit and so i start I'm, immediately thinking what have i done what did i do this week did i do something bad you know i, I was always now? a relatively good you know student and daughter and stuff but you know i have a rebellious side so i, right. I was like wait did i do but something the, and get the, caught <laughs> you know? right the, the other thing is is that you do things but yeah. you usually like you know clean your tracks kind of yeah so now you're basically. like where did i slip yeah i was like what have i so all this stuff was going through my head and i'm like i couldn't think of anything i literally couldn't think of anything so i was like okay now it's even scarier because i don't know what the hell she's gonna bring up so i come home and sure <laughs> enough it's like her and my dad like it's like a whole intervention right and then they have this these papers like it was like my personal statement but i didn't know what the papers were and they're like so uh do you ride a motorcycle and i was like what no huh? i was like who who would say that you know what that's like ridiculous and they're like it says it in your personal statement and i was like right when they said that i was like i am the stupidest person on earth and i was like <laughs> oh my god i was like okay i was like yes i have my license i got my license but i was like look hear me out i was like i'm very very safe with the exception of me getting hit by this car i was like mom at first i just tried to say mom dad like look i just wrote that to get into college like i needed a, a crazy story you know they didn't believe me because i'm such Obviously. a terrible liar i was like look i just i just made that up they're like you can't make that up you're not making that up and i'm like okay fine i do have my license but i'm gonna be very safe i'm gonna take all these courses and this and that and of course they were pissed off. Like they Obviously. were very like, you're our only daughter. You shouldn't be on a motorcycle. That's so dangerous. But through the years, which is really funny, I never thought my parents were going to accept that. But yeah. I, I, while I love and respect my parents, I also am very like a firm believer in like just being who you are and sticking to that and like Absolutely. being authentic and just doing what you love, you know, all the while being respectful towards others around you. So in order to do that, to convince my parents to be accepting of the whole motorcycle thing as an Asian female, you know, in like a very strict household, you know, I grew up again in a very Christian family household. So I, you know, I would always update them with, okay, look, I'm taking these classes. I'm going to take the safety class. Like I took the MSF course. I went to like SoCal Supermoto. I did like BM BMW's, uh, Superbike school. I've did all these different things through the years, and I would show my mom like, "Look, I'm wearing gear. I'm that's doing beautiful. this." That's a, That's the most important part. Yeah, yeah, and I would go to track days because I'm like, "Look, it's important." But you know, just because and I was like, "Mom, you know, Dad, like everything can be dangerous. I could walk outside of our house right now, get hit by a car. We could, we I could be riding a bicycle and getting get hit by a car. There's like you can't live in fear, you know. And like they didn't understand it in the beginning until you know it took some time and then finally they started seeing me doing it professionally now i ride professionally right like i'm a stunt i do stunts in hollywood and things like that and um so now my parents are like more than proud and happy to share the videos that i've appeared in like i've been in movies i've been in tv shows and and music videos like writing professionally and so they're always like sharing they're like can you send me that video that you were in and they're always they, they still kind of get scared when they watch me skydive because i have so many videos of me jumping out of planes and they're like no like i i still like what's crazier 
What? Oh man! Between okay. the bikes and the the skydiving, uh, it's not comparable because they are two totally different things. You're one, you're flying low; the other one, you're flying high, right? Mm. So there are more. I love that, that that right there is boom. Like, <laughs> everything. Yeah. There's more deaths with motorcycles for sure. Actually, skydiving, there's a big misconception. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's. It's actually one of it's the not most funny. It's not. It's not funny. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I get what you're that, saying. Yeah. It's one of the safest air sports, like base jumping and proximity flying. All that is way more dangerous. But skydiving, like, it's very rare for like a freak accident to happen. Yeah. You know, because you do have a reserve chute, and you're more likely. They say you're more likely to die on the car ride to go skydiving than you are actually skydiving. Wow, I never heard that. But yeah, that, that it's sounds true. Right it's too. very yeah. true. Think about all the car accidents. The car ride. To, but to I know, go but, skydiving. But, yeah, but but that's a pretty because mm-hmm. if you say it, it's it's more dangerous, you know, driving a car driving in a car. general. That's like okay, of course, there's like millions and millions of cars, but you're you're more likely to have an accident driving a car to go to skydiving. skydiving. That's yeah. fucking crazy, right? It's yeah, it's it's re- let's it go puts skydiving. things into perspective. Yeah, let's go. I let's will go any day. I it's been like over a year since gone i i haven't gone in like 10 plus years yeah it's fucking terrible but okay so it is different to go tandem versus like the of way of course by yourself right because the way people compare but i did it, do the highest i did uh i did 18? do yeah oh. i did the 18, 18 and i actually yeah. went to like 19 and change in monterey monterey County i did just, mo- yes yeah. so yeah let's do the high fives they're fun it makes monterey it interactive does the you know? they do so that was the very first time i ever went skydiving it's amazing all the greenery the air is so crisp been clear i just i love riding up there too i i love mine i used to live in monterey oh that I, you're lucky i used to live laguna seca is so close i, I yeah actually when you were talking about your track day one of the one of the like the whole thing in uh the philippines where mm-hmm. you had the track to yourself the, the only time i had an experience like that is i was working for harley davidson in monterey oh, county nice and the they eric buell introduced mm-hmm. the 1125 and they set up a track date just for us to mm-hmm. just fucking ride this thing and it was cool but it was laguna anyways, seca and laguna seca oh that's like that's such like a what's the word i'm looking for like all the superheroes of motorcycle riding has written that you know like the um i can't think of the word right now anyway like rossi yeah all all the moto gp riders you know it's like a very uh, prevalent track like i i love that track i've ridden it once I, I so. seen uh, the Concurso Italiano on there too. Oh, that's cool. You know cool. the Italian fucking oh, card. I've seen people like, like twenty. The Concurso <laughs> Italiano. <laughs> he can roll Nita his double Bera. R's, ladies. <laughs> yeah, well, I got Valderrama as a last name, which is a very big Filipino name. Oh yeah, yeah. Mine's but, Serra, so I have a double Serra. R. Yeah. Oh, I got, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck it, one more. <laughs> and, uh, one more, one more. <laughs> we one got more double R's five, in yeah. our our uh, last names. I know. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, so skydiving. Yeah. So I, my very first sky, uh, time skydiving was tandem as well and i went in monterey so it was eighteen thousand feet i actually passed out <laughs> did you so i have so many crazy like i have a lot of motorcycle crazy stories i have a lot of crazy skydiving stories the very first time i ever skydived was i passed out because it was eighteen thousand feet so i made the mistake of when i jumped we jumped out i looked down and i opened my mouth and i started screaming so all the air was rushing into my lungs like so <laughs> fast and yeah. so because all the air was right, they tell you, oh, don't like don't look down and open your mouth, like look up and look at the horizon. But right. I was like so excited. And I was like, oh, my God, look at the ground. It's so far away, you know. And so I start screaming and I just feel the air going down into my lungs. And I just feel very like I started feeling like lightheaded and I just pass out. And I had a videographer at the time. So you just see yeah, yeah, him yeah. like I'm like this. I'm like, woo. And I'm like, look, now. What year? 
This, oh my God, this was in, oh, before maybe, like probably around 2010, 2011. So it was be, maybe even before I started riding a motorcycle. Yeah. So I was like this, and then I just, you just see me like pass out like this. And then the, the videographer goes closer to me and he's like, hey, wake up. So he like lifts up my chin. I like come back and I'm like, oh, and I just start screaming again because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going skydiving. Mm. And so then, yeah, so that happened. That was that was my very first time. And then the reason why I later on start, be, decided to get my license is at the time I had the opportunity. Um, so basically it was like a t another reality show, right? So they wanted to do a reality show with putting 12 different influencers, like social media influencers into a house and they we were all from different backgrounds. Like there were fitness models. There were there was like one of the guys from the the Faze clan, like the gamer clan. Yeah. There was like different um, male and female fitness fitness models. There was uh, like actors. There were dudes from The Bachelor um, that were on there. Um, just everybody it was from a fucking oh, mess. Yeah, there was yeah. me who came from motorcycles. I was it was twelve influencers basically into one house, and they're like, we're gonna document you guys going through this and getting your licenses, like your skydiving licenses. So obviously, not all of us made it. Some people really freaked out. Like one of the girls, she was like a fitness influencer. She when it was time for us to jump out of the plane for the first time by ourselves, she started crying and she made this whole debacle, like, I don't wanna go, like, I can't do it, I can't do it, you know? And so that was like, you know, made for good TV or whatever, but no. anyway. I, you know, I think only like five of us out of the 12 ended up actually getting, getting our licenses. I was one of them. I'm, so, I'm gonna ask you a question on the Monterey thing. Yeah. What did the plane say before you jump out? I do not know. You don't know? It was in 2000. No, I, there was no way. Yeah, it was like in 2010. Like, and that's not what I was paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. What, does it say something? Well, well they usually put in the video too. Well, yeah. What it says it? don't jump. Oh, it says don't jump? On the plane when That's you're about to jump, it says, don't jump. I mean, I, I still have the DVD so I could look back at what it. What the fuck's a DVD? <laughs> Wait, <no. laughs> what? <laughs> they, well, I mean, even Skydive yeah. Paris still gives you, well, they give you a USB. Fine. I have yeah, a yeah, DVD. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like in 2010. Yeah, <laughs> records and shit. Yeah. Mm. yeah I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pause, like not to interrupt your, your, your skydiving or other stories like that, but you got into motorcycles and within two years you had an accident you went skydiving and on your first jump you passed out mm -hmm. like you've you've dealt with all <laughs> you've dealt with all the fucking worst case scenarios all right what made you skydive again what made you jump back on the bike what was the feeling after that because usually there's usually people get in an accident and it's right. like they're done like, yeah no you're right and that's a really good question a lot of people ask me about that when i you know after i tell them that i got run over by a car but i actually um jumped on a bike a week later after my getting run over because i i just was obsessed with it i loved it so much that i i'm not gonna let did you jump on a bike a week later because what you're saying you're obsessed with it or did you also have a thought like i better jump on a bike because otherwise i might be traumatized no I, no because i just, just obsessed i didn't obsessed. even think about me being traumatized like i it was weird like i i was just like oh my god i need to get better so that i could jump back on a motorcycle yeah you know and i just i for me i've always like hated limitations and that's the thing too like growing up in this strict household and so my parents were very strict with me specifically because I was the only the youngest and only daughter so my I always had a curfew and you all that stuff but I always you. kind of re naturally rebelled from it because I'm like I don't like limits like I don't like that I why limit yourself to something when there's so much to explore there's so much to but learn but not liking limits yeah like 
like where does that where does that come from mm -hmm. because like i like i i feel just to give you a small example i feel like i came from such a controlled environment growing up mm -hmm. don't do this don't do that don't do this and i did do certain things yeah. you know i did break out of it but there's so many things that i, I didn't do till later right right and i'm like how do you how, like like, how did you break that? Because you had all the odds against you to make sure yeah. you'd be a little princess and wearing a pink dress mm -hmm. and you wouldn't have all these fucking helmets and, you know, six crazy vehicles and like, you know, like, like, where is that? Uh, yeah, that's hard. I feel like maybe it's like in, in people's personalities, like deeply rooted and you kind of just have to unlock it kind of thing. But also for me, I just have that that attitude where I just never want to give up. Right. I'm not, if I go through to me, getting run over by a car was just like an obstacle. So I'm like, okay, if there's like some obstacle or challenge, like how can I get through that? How can I get past that? I'm not going to let that stop me from what I want to do. The reason I, I, I'm so focused on this is mm -hmm. because people brain fuck themselves. Yes. And somebody on gets in jails constantly. Exactly. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like people get hit, you know, walking, you know, my grandfather had a saying for what you were saying earlier. The only requirement to die is to be alive. That's right, the only requirement. Exactly, right. You hear about the uh, you know Olympic uh, athlete, runner, woman that's never smoked, dies from lung cancer. Yeah. You hear about a woman breastfeeding her baby and there's gang violence and a bullet hits the parent. You know, you, like the, that's the only requirement. But my question is: is with all these challenges, mm -hmm. what would be the takeaway of of advising people like get off your fucking ass or, you know, because I've taken Landmark. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Landmark? Mm -hmm. Landmark teaches this kind of thing, and, and that's why I find it so fascinating. Landmark teaches that, like, you're, you are not your past. Right, right. Your past don't let is your past, past define yeah. you. Don't, right. don't let your past define you. You know, that. don't let that story, they, they, they describe it more as a story. Like, don't let that, that, the story you're telling yourself of the past, of who you're judging yourself to be, don't, you're not that person. It doesn't even you're, matter, right? You're you. Right, right. Yeah, you're you. Mm-hmm. But so many people are mindly fucked that they can't get past that. But you've done this over mm -hmm. and over and over. And it's such an oxymoron because it's like you were raised the girl, the youngest, strict Christian family, Asian. Uh, like you, you had like like there was no chance anybody would bet you were going to be the person you are today. Right, right. Where? Where the <laughs> fuck did this come from? That, yeah. What's the secret? Don't fuck with us. Tell yeah, us. That, no, but you're right, though, because, again, it's wild. It's I, beautiful. I am that type of person to live in the moment, and a lot of people don't get that, being right? Like, present. Yeah, yes. being present. So, and that's why I started a business about this a little while ago, and like I was a very big advocate about living in, your, in the mo present moment completely because so, like, the, I don't know, the majority of people I feel like they do live in the past. Like they let their past define them. If something happens, they're traumatized. There's PTSD. Yeah. There's all sorts of things. And while I can't like dismiss that because these are still people's real feelings and their feelings are valid, right? Right. But I feel like you can still train yourself to be mentally stronger than that and be like, okay, well, the past nor the future is does not exist. It doesn't even matter. The past is the past. The future hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. What only literally only matters is now, like right now and how I deal with things. So I could, if I wanted to just turn like, I always like, kind of do this thing where I'm like, you know, I'm going to just turn things off. Right. Because if I think too much, Oh my God, I could just like go crazy. You how know? do you do that? I don't know. I kind of like think of it as a game, like not even as a game, but I'm like, okay, there's a switch in my head. I'm going to turn it off and like not think about it and just think describe about that better. I think you describe that better. How, how do you shut it down? Oh, it, I, like, I'll give you an example. I, I, I started doing this to shut things down, but mm -hmm. I think you're going to do a better job. I started thinking about like gray paint. 
Oh, see, that, that makes sense. You know, and, and, but and, for me, it's and not. And that's new. That's like in the last three months, I was like, fuck, I can't sleep. Like, but gray paint. No, there's gray like, paint. wait, what was mm. it? Um, there was like this one show or something like that where they're like, oh, if, you know, you're like this perverted guy. If you're like thinking about something, just think about like your grandma or like your grandma making a sandwich or something yeah, yeah. like that. That's like to you not just, come. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> just think of it, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> so I, it's, there's like a lot of things. Like, I, what does I'm that have to do with concentration? I don't well, even know. <laughs> but mentally, <laughs> okay, my mind gets into the gutter sometimes but i yeah, thought yeah. it would just be funny yeah. like but uh, <laughs> this conversation could yeah. completely take a 180 degree yeah. i'm step, surprised we way. got this far you, I know. You, you've kept it fucking very tight. i kept it you very have good. heard my podcast because you've kept it yeah anyway. well i could also get into a lot of different things but it just really depends it yeah, really yeah. depends but for me again like back to the switch is um i i don't know like i i literally think of it as switch like you can either live happily or you could live shittily. It was shitty, you know? Like there's I like shittily. Shittily. <laughs> you know, I think I'm gonna shittily? say you wanna live shittily, then go ahead and think we negative thoughts. Life. Yeah. We should start a website. Yeah, shittily.com. Exactly. <laughs> like make t shirts and stuff. I think that could sell actually. It's our million million yeah. dollar maker and But how is the switch? How is it a switch? Okay. Like you you like it's a sw- you physically like walk up to a switch in your mind. No, I don't. I literally is, tell is there, myself Is there like a safe word? Is there like <laughs> a safe word? Do you really wanna you know, get like into that right now? Blue helmets. So I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. okay. Like, I got it. I got no. it. I'll what stop. is it? Tell me. Because uh, that that that's gonna be the most valuable. Like like you're a badass. People go on your social media. People see that. That's all cool. That's amazing. I respect that. Yeah. I want to say congratulations and continue doing that. And I want to know where you're gonna take that or where you predict. But mm-hmm. That's afterwards. But the mental strength that you have to accomplish the things that you have done, it's so valuable. That if there's, if they're like, like you, you are inspiring people throughout the world, like the story you were telling in the Philippines, what, how, how do we remind people to be present? How do we remind people to like, just to get over? And it's not only being present, it's like, how did you get over the, the accident? How yeah. did you get over the, the blacking out? Like, that's enough shit for people to just fucking stop that's enough for right. people to be like oh, you know what i'm gonna get a man i'm gonna have 10 kids and i'm just gonna stay home like just settle down <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, this is fucked up yeah. this is not for me <laughs> i'm gonna settle but okay it's it's really i'm trying to really think of how i could even put it into words but i feel like experience really matters right because there there's some people who could imagine it and be like oh yeah i could turn the switch off but no like you just like there are opposites are very necessary in life right like you need dark to appreciate the light like you need to go through some fucked up shit yeah to really appreciate the good times and i feel like when people go through these crazy things like really negative experiences or like traumatizing things at that point they have a choice right you can either choose to let it define the rest of your life and make your life miserable or you can be like no i'm gonna come out of this stronger and Again, there are, there are people who are naturally more negative and there are people who are naturally more positive. The way they were raised right. and the environment. Right, and it's the environment, it's nature versus yeah. nurture, there's a whole thing. But I also think that you you have to try even harder to train yourself to be more positive because when you... 100%. Being negative is actually like a fight or... Fl- like it's a, a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like it's a fight or flight uh, response because we, we tend to think the worst scenarios because we want to protect ourselves. Like, oh my God... I'm going to think of the worst thing because I want to make sure that, okay, if this happens, then how will I get out of it or whatever? I'm just going to naturally think the worst things. 
right? And so... Well, another thing to the fight or flight is that there's actually three feelings. Mm-hmm. It's fight, flight, or freeze. And okay, most yeah, people I can see freeze. That. Freeze, yeah. Like when you had your first accident, mm-hmm. you froze. You're, You're like, like, what? Oh, what's going on? You know, yeah, like the, yeah. The, it's not like, oh, it better. You know, you weren't self-defensive. People mm-hmm. freeze. They, they, they get stuck. I never heard of that, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, on yeah, the right that makes sense. podcast brought to you by Robert Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learned so much right here. Who needs college when you have this podcast? That's right, goddammit. Yeah, so... What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about that that moment present. Oh, yeah, yeah, like- yeah. So, again, I think, like, you just have to experience that. And, again, you just maybe need to be in the right place or time because maybe if that happened to me years later, I might not have been in a, such a more positive mind state because back then I was, like, n- more naive and young, and I'm like, oh, no, well, nothing can stop me, you yeah. know? And I kind of still am in that, like, whole mindset, and I think that's just me Why personally. Why wouldn't you? I, I'm, and you should be. I'm very, like, I'm just a naturally a very positive person, so whatever... Let, let, let's let's bring this up. Yeah. And, and this is my, my profession where I interrupt people all the time. Um, Let's talk about you growing up, like the positive, because mm-hmm. it sounds like you got, at the end of the day, it might be strict, but there was a lot of positive yeah. influence. There was a lot of, you could do anything you could mm-hmm. do. Like, how would, how would you describe roughly growing up? I mean, was, I was had a, a lot pretty of positive good, stuff. Good. Well, I, I mean, maybe my parents had a lot to do with it because my mom and my dad, they have like really cool humor. Like they're funny, you know, well, actually they were very strict growing up but it was only recently that i realized like when i was older that i'm like wow they actually have like humor because when i was younger i always, <laughs> I always thought like oh my god they're like really strict but my mom and dad were also very very like sweet to me growing up you know my mom always like taught me to love everything and like just be very you know caring towards others and considerate so i think they did a really g- great job like uh, raising they were me encouraging. That they were very encouraging. But at the same time, you know, I went through a lot of separate things in like school during school. Like I was even bullied. I did all this stuff. But even through all that stuff, I, did, I don't know. Did they, did they know about your bullying? Or? No, I never told them anything. Like there was like but this that's, girl. But that's, that's already a strong character. Like you, right. like you were really born with this. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, not, and I don't think that you're just have to be born with it i feel like people anyone can just learn it but it is like a challenge because it is harder for us to think positive thoughts versus negative thoughts because like i said there's like this thing called the negativity bias where every we tend to think it's easier to think negatively than it is to be positive yeah which is just crazy and that's why you you know negativity feeds all over negativity and stuff like that but um yeah i think naturally before like i'm always the type to like if my house is burning down i'm like no it's fine like we're good guys let's let's go like no. you know make the best out of this situation i just looked with the insurance cover uh, yeah. insurance policies paid for we're good yeah. right but and again it, it really just boils down to where i always think about it like okay do i want to be happy or do i want to be sad i'm the person who's in control of all of that it's not anybody else there are going to be things and and when, i think when i was younger i felt that but like i never was able to define that into words until mm. growing up and experiencing things and realizing okay you know what i've been through some really messed up sad things like that you know you know people don't like to talk about their dark pasts or whatever and i feel like a lot of that the only way you can really appreciate life is is when you go through really sad times you have to because you can't again like when you can't appreciate dark or i'm sorry you can't appreciate light without experiencing dark right no. you're like yeah, if you're if in light, light. If, yeah you just be like you take it for granted you're like oh okay, cool but then when it's dark you're like wait where's the light like the light was really cool i could see things you know same with sadness and happiness like um i feel like 
when you're just you know and life goes through its motions it's like a big roller coasters of up and ups and downs and that's why like I have a lot of friends who always come to me for advice and things like that and you know they'll everybody has a sob story right everybody there's everybody. no one who has like an exception and a lot of people tend to like become victims of themselves and stuff like that but so I always tell them like hey look like again nothing is ever permanent everything is temporary so whatever you're in right now it's it's not going to be forever it always it, life always finds itself you know to it always works itself out so it really depends on your attitude with it if you if you can actually prolong it if you want to make it like a living hell forever go ahead you're yeah. more than welcome to and actually i really truly believe some people like that <laughs> like they like to have all that drama and all that stuff like, I, I i've said it before i've said that uh i i think there's people that like to suffer yeah there's people there's that like to, they, they, they and, only yes. respond to like you know disrespect Negative. and negativity yeah, exactly. like, and, get the and, fuck out of here and get yeah. the fuck and people like it to, to each their own right yeah. whatever floats their boat or, um, or you'll you'll be like hey just you know, you can go straight, you know, it'd be fastest route. And people like taking the long route. It's like, dude, like. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I could understand because sometimes if life is too perfect, again, I, I would personally get bored. I'm like, okay, yeah. throw some curved balls in yeah. there. It's fine. Like, I yeah, can handle it. You can go straight and be there in five minutes yeah. or you can take the eight mile, you can take the eight scenic route. route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, I, that's the thing. Like, I don't really have like a straight answer on how I personally can turn on the switch but i really do think in my head okay turn it off turn it on like try it and it's not perfect you know there'll be days where i'm like a little bit more low there'll be days where i'm a little yeah, bit but, high but, like but, but you've already accomplished and you've shown that like even like i'm sure sh- i don't know if there's more darkness or not but just just what you talked about like i said the motorcycle thing mm-hmm. or the skydiving thing that's that's enough for for people to be, that's enough for like thousands of people to be traumatized and be like, dude, that's like fuck skydiving. Well, the first time like there's people out, that don't yeah. even go skydiving. Yeah. My, the first time that's look, your sentence. The first time you passed out. <laughs> no, please no. continue. No, the second time was I feel like was worse because I passed out by myself yeah. skydiving, which is the the second time part. I went skydiving was yeah. scarier than the first time. Yeah. Okay, so they here's the thing. I, I really encourage you to try to do it by yourself. Oh, I, I'll do it. Because no, you don't understand. I'll fucking do it. The way they compare it is like if you go tandem, it's like riding a roller coaster. You're right. just there for the ride. They, the well, not only that, who, but you're out, you're out of the control. Well, like, no, that's what I'm saying. You're they're just there for the ride. The person is doing all of the controls. Like they're pulling the chute. They're the ones landing. They're the ones looking at the altimeter and gauging like, okay, it's time to pull. Like making all the decisions. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I you're by yourself, you it's a complete night and day difference you're jumping out you have to constantly check your altimeter to make sure okay at this point what you know up in the air i have to pull my parachute what is it still a thousand it depends it depends on what level license you have so i think the low oh my god this is like a quiz but the lowest you could pull um is like safely is like 2500 or something i could be wrong so if you're a skydiver out there like i need to redo my tests but so let's just call it <laughs> for lack of a better I think word. I'm ready for the test. which by the I, way I really... i've gotten 100 percent on all my tests but it's like you lose you don't use it you lose it so i like whenever i study again and this is what i did through college and how i got through it is i procrastinate like hell and i but before an exam i jam-pack. don't seem that way Oh, no, I do. I jam pack all of the information in my head. I memorize everything and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to use all this information when it's useful. And then when I don't need it anymore, I'm throwing it out to put more information in my head. Right. Yeah, our brains can only take so much. Yeah. Anyway, back to the can skydiving I? thing. <laughs> so I like, yeah, when you jump out, it's a completely different experience. So, but my mistake at this time was letting somebody else pack my parachute. Usually, you know, I pack my own parachute. I, I'm still like a newbie skydiver. I've had like what? 
80 something jumps by Is myself. Is that it? That's it? No, that's literally nothing compared to yeah. like a, a seasoned skydiver. You have hundreds and thousands of jumps. So for me, I'm literally considered a baby. I've had 80 jumps. And, um, but when I'm trying to pack in my jumps, you want to like ideally get like five or more jumps four or five more or more jumps in a day to get your money's worth out of like renting a skydiving rig. Yeah. You want to just, cause for me, it takes me like an hour to pack my shoot cause I'm still so new, but I trust myself when I pack it, I know it's good, but I had somebody, one of my friends pack it for me and he ended up like not packing the slider correctly. Fuck that the, dude. So the slider, <laughs> the so the slider is this thing where it like, allows the parachute to open up smoothly it kind of like catches the wind right. to let the parachute open up like this beautiful like a pocket thing it... where so yeah because he packed the slider wrong i and i this jump i was doing like a tracking jump which is like specifically mm. you're like going 100 something miles per hour through the air going straight so you're moving in a forward motion tracking. like 100 tracking and then I was like so excited. I know the lingo. That's cool. That's cool that you do. So I look at my altimeter and I'm like, oh shit, it's time to pull. Right? Because I'm like, that's what you I did? Just... You weren't even tracking it? You were just well, like, no, oh I, no, shit. No, no, no. I was fuck. tracking and then God I damn look it, at the I'm thing. late. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm late. I should probably pull. So <laughs> because I, it was also half my mistake because I should have um, gone back to like this position where right. you catch the air. So you kind right. of slow, you yourself, slow down. yourself down. Yeah. So you're spread dropping your back. legs. Like, not you know, spread your legs, but like, yeah, like, this thing <laughs> yeah so then but i didn't i was moving in a forward motion i was You're like oh fuck, i gotta pull so i pull arms are back so yeah so i'm going forward and now imagine getting that's the fastest back. way yeah no, no, but it's so bad because you're moving forward and now you're getting yanked back. Mm. And then on top of that, because my slider the wasn't force packed. force is fucking ridiculous. The force is insane. It literally, so I was going like this and then my body just like folds like a taco. Like I literally touched my toes and I just hear my, my neck and my back crack. Like I hear, and then I just pass out. I just see stars because I just like went like this yeah. and then went up. Yeah. The next thing I know, I like come to, I don't even know how much time has passed, but of I'm like. Of course she'll see stars. You're skydiving. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I do want to go in there. There's some guy who did jump from the atmosphere and that was insane. Um, I forgot who it was. Yeah, I saw Red Bull sponsored. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be a Red Bull or athlete. Or the guy that jumped days. without a parachute. Yes, that, that's insane. But, but he please. had to have really good accuracy to to land in this, t it was a yeah, giant a net. Fucking tent. But up there, and the it was, flip. That was and a, the yes, flip and because get you the had flip a fucking right. yeah. yeah. Otherwise, if you go forward, yeah, you're you're done. Oh my god, it, that was insane. But um, yeah, so I came to and I was I was so disoriented. I like and it's really scary because you came to while you're still while I was under my canopy. So I'm like looking around like. Okay, first of all, my first thought was find the drop zone because I don't want to land. Like, there's the freeway. There's all the electrical lines. Like, when you're, like, you have no choice. If you're so far away, you have to find a safe place, open land to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, looking around. I don't even, I have no idea where the hell the drop zone is. And I'm, like, okay, so I'm doing 360s. I'm, like, piloting my thing. Like, where the hell is it? And then I finally see the drop zone because it was at Skydive Paris. And it's, like, Skydive Paris's drop zone looks like a little triangle. Mm. There's, like, the runway. And then there's, like, these two things. That's how, like, a landmark that we're taught to um, memorize. So I see it, like, so far away. And I'm, like, oh, my God. There's no way I'm going to make it there, you know? So I just, like, try to save air, you know, right? So there's a way you can, like, um, pilot your canopy to not um kill a lot of altitude so i did that and i was like okay i'm gonna just try to float towards that as as close as possible <laughs> Fuck. and when you land um 
with a parachute, you have to do this landing pattern, right? So be predictable for the other jumpers so that they can see, okay, they, um, they don't like crash into you. You just have to basically have a predictable pattern when you're landing. And so I didn't have enough space to do that. I basically barely landed at the edge of the drop zone. So I just like came in and I was like, okay, I made it safely. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm probably done for the day. I need to, um, I actually wanted to jump again, but my friends were like, no, don't jump. Like just like call it a day, jump another day and go to a chiropractor. So that's what I did. I like went to a, chi- a chiropractor, like the one who actually sees a You're lot of skydivers. You're fucking brave, dude. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that one was scary because I, just the fact of waking up and I'm in the air by myself and I was like, I don't, I don't know where to land. That's, that's insane. That's, so then convince me that I should be doing this? No, okay. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's still, again, the pros completely outweigh the cons, right? Yeah. It is the most incredible experience, especially when you're under can- canopy. It's like so peaceful. Paris is uh, 15,000? Paris. Paris. Uh, Paris is like 13, 13, 13.5. 13.5. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I can't even explain it. Like I always get like kind of not emotional, but I'm like up there and I'm always so grateful. Like when I'm, after I pull my, cause when you jump out and you're free falling, that whole thing is kind of just like intense. Like, what, so what, what's the cost? What, what, what's it usually run to, to what? do the, do the classic at your license? Okay. So for your first AFF, um, class, I think it's about like three to dollars and you can jump out the same day. So you don't even by yourself. Yes. Yeah, so it's a common misconception that people are always like asking me, how many jumps do you need to have before you could jump by yourself? So Zero Monterey Monterey. What I remembered last and again, this was like 10 plus years is I got mad because I did it like four times, three or four times randomly, mm-hmm. randomly. The first time I did, I was drunk. Like, <laughs> fucking. That's fine. I, I, I was in, I was in San, I was in San Francisco mm. with a good friend of mine. We met some chicks and these chicks were like, we're going to Monterey and going to go skydiving. We're like, like, all right, all right let's, let's fucking go to the beach I and got drink. I some balls, I'll show yeah. you. So we went to the beach, drank, yeah. and then in the morning we got some breakfast, and then we got some more booze, and then we went to the skydiving I'm surprised place. you didn't throw up on your tan. Oh, not at all. It I happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they not, tell me. Not at all. It was fucking perfect. People like the only thing, too. The only thing that did happen is I, I, I paid, because money was like different back then, mm-hmm. I paid for the, the 15000 but they put me on the 18,000. Mm, I was like, you got lucky. Score. Yeah. yeah. Win. But drunk and then smoked so many cigarettes. It was fucking ridiculous. Like I had a carton of cigarettes that day. Anyways, so that was the first time, then the second, third. Anyways, but when uh, I found out how much it cost for the course, mm-hmm. it was like 1,500 at that time. Mm-hmm. And what it included is, it included six jumps. And oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The first two, you jump with two people. Mm-hmm. Two people are next to you. Yes, And then that's the true. third and fourth one, it's with one person. And then the fifth and sixth one, you're by yourself. By yourself. That's then that's right. Because I was just telling you the first jump, which right. is the two people next to you. So if they included the whole six, because you need seven jumps um, in total right. to it get your seven, license. Seven. Seven. Yeah, six, yeah. seven, yeah. So seven AFF jumps. So that's with an instructor. And then like the sixth one is like when you like cur- curl up into a ball and they literally kick you out of the plane. Because the lesson there <laughs> is that you have to be unstable. So you have to be like going frantically around and then you have to learn how to stabilize yourself after being unstable that one was really fun um that one actually sounds fun but 1500 it actually isn't bad yeah that's about right so yeah then and then again this was 10 plus years yeah yeah sounds like it's the same price so after that um you have to technically to get your a license you need 25 jumps so all Mm. of your tandem jumps will count towards that 25 Mm. but you do need seven aff like with instructors they'll be in your ears they'll be like you know the first time you do jump 
So again, when I was saying that there, it's common misconception that you need to have, you know, previous jumps. No, you can literally have no experience jumping, never have done tandem or anything like that. Take the class. And then that if the wind conditions and air, like conditions are permitting, they'll let you jump that same day out of an airplane. It's that's amazing. It sounds insane. But like there are but two, that's how safe it is. That's how that's safe a, it is. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you have comms. There are two instructors that jump out with you. And if you freak out and forget to pull your chute, they pull it out. Yeah, yeah for you and like the chute is so big it's they basically compare it to like a bus versus like a car so you don't even have to try to land like you're li you're literally floating down and then you're just gonna just, just for the people that have never done skydiving what, what what that means is the a bigger parachute a catches bigger parachute. more wind more and wind, when yes. it catches more wind you, you you don't even have to really maneuver mm -hmm. versus when you watch the professionals or athletic people do it they have more like uh, maneuvering yeah, style controlling, controlling. Right. yeah like and those drop skills. faster yeah so, so you kind of just drop on the the yeah. ground you still have to maneuver it like you still you know you still have to find the drop zone Sounds and like stuff manure, like that manure manure, <laughs> manure. Like, what? what did you say i know the english language is such an interesting thing yeah but yeah so that's that's that that's cool i, I i'm gonna look into it yeah i, I actually i'm gonna look into it i yeah, pushed that a few times jump. I Absolutely. do want to come back. It's just I'm saving money and, for a rig. And do like a YouTube and, you know, do a yeah. video documented and everything else. Where, what's, what's, what's the future for you? What's next? What's, what's on your, your fucking list of. Um, I actually want to do more stunts. So like I was saying a little bit earlier, I started getting into like stunt doubling and stunt writing maybe like two years ago or three years ago. But. I started, very exciting very yeah, dangerous i write it i write it i started <laughs> writing professionally me oh, maybe like 2017 I, I first did a commercial for suzuki that was like my very first thing that sounds um, like fun yeah it was for the suzuki um sv650 so it was really cool i think it was such a fun bike to ride i accidentally wheelied it <laughs> on because it's so torquey actually I accidentally yeah. no i yeah on, on camera but the guys loved it but you're supposed to like you're totally not supposed to do that but they're like oh well when the light turns green you need to just take off and like ride aggressively so i was like okay so i took off and i didn't realize and it was my first gig so i was like so excited um but i like did this wheelie and they're like oh that's so amazing of don't course we again. can't use it <laughs> you know, like, we can't use this footage don't do that again but that was really cool and i was like can i have the footage for my own personal thing but anyway did i never got it no i Fuckers. didn't i know but it's it's hard once things come into production they get so busy and like i'm not trying to like bug them there, sometimes when you make Bottom. really good friends with you know like the some of the editors or you know the videographers or whoever you know like they they will give you some footage but technically they really can't because it, until the thing comes into production and stuff like that well it's then. usually so uh it's so big it's bigger than them and that film right, goes to their right. editors exactly. and that editor goes to that company mm -hmm. and it's like yeah so future for me i i still want to you know continue inspiring and influencing people and social media that that whole thing i never like thought that i would be doing that but it kind of naturally in happened in general all people women more than men or everybody all equally? people yeah. i no, i do have an emphasis on females L -B -D -D like ldddyq <laughs> lgbq yeah, the whole thing no like i for me i'm like anybody you know like i that's but the, the again, human race because i'm a female who i do recognize that we we go through a different, com a completely different set of struggles when it comes to learning how to ride motorcycles and doing like crazy athletic extreme things, right? Like 
again, it was very, very hard for me through the years to gain, you know, respect, like some sort of respect in the community. Right. So, um, I, I will go out of my way when like females reach out to me, but you know, in general, I do want to inspire like male and female and just anybody and everybody. And it's not just motorcycles either. And that's, that's why my Instagram page is so crazy and weird. Like I, I know I could have grown so much more if I had just stuck to like a niche, right? Like just like motorcycles, but I, I get like a lot of follows and then, then a lot of unfollows because people are, you know, I post a lot of unexpected things. Like you could find skydiving, motorcycles, snowboarding stuff, you know, like the casual thirst traps, like so many, <laughs> so many different things, like comedy. Like, yeah, it's, fair. it's intricate. Yes, the I have skits. so many yeah, the comedy, the skits, the skits, like everything, everything, like on my page. And, and that's the thing. Like I never, for me, I never did this because, um, for a business i did this for me and for like what i believed in right like i know i could be making so much more money doing other things like i could have started an OnlyFans. i could have done so many different things like just stuck to motorcycles and stuck to like moto vlogging for example right like if i stuck to that i know um it would just blow up so much more because people know what to expect on my page and and things like that but i feel like in the long run if i started doing that like it would just not be as genuine right because i'm not going to have that much fun i get really bored easily with things so i'm like that's why I'm always doing all these different hobbies and and activities because I'm like okay but the one constant has been motorcycles but um again I I want my content and everything to just be as genuine and as me as possible so that like people can relate with it right so so in a sense I guess my niche would be like living an active lifestyle like just going at you'll even find like cooking stuff like I have like a whole my shells cooking adventure that like I love to cook you know and I cook for a lot of my friends and I have a whole little series where people are always like oh my god what are you gonna make next you know and I like making challenges for myself so I'll like cook all these different dishes and then post that on my stories and stuff or like workout stuff you know I used to be in the fitness industry your, your social media like when you started putting yourself more involved in the social media mm-hmm. like uh, where did that influence come from did the, or did you take like a social media class or no never it just again well, when, when did you put yourself it just happened natural yeah so i started like in 2009 or 10 and i just started posting first like my very personal stuff like my dog and you know like random stuff when instagram right. started and then i noticed i started getting traction with me posting like me with my bike because I started riding motorcycles and at the time again like in 2010 there were not many females at all like it exponentially grew through the years especially with social media like it's insane how many girls ride now and and I really love seeing that like honestly I that's what I wanted since I was back in 2010 I started a girl group um maybe 2014 called Redline Ravens and all the whole main yeah the main um like goal for us was to inspire other females to ride and and through that like I feel like I just grew when I started Redline Ravens with one of my best friends she unfortunately passed away in 2017 riding um, so yeah she was an amazing rider uh, like I still ride to this day for her and stuff like that but um we started it and then added a third member and we actually blew up on social media we were like the only three girls who were riding track riding canyons on sport bikes like we were the only girl group so that's why we blew up and that's how I my social media kind of kick-started and then, but before that, it started going because I, I noticed that people started liking like me, like a girl riding Yuppie, on motorcycles. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, 
if, instead of just me, why not three? Like if there are three girls, like that's yeah. going to be even more crazy, you know? So then we blew <laughs> it from there and then all this stuff happened. And then I started collaborating with other influencers. Like I started, like I made a video with this, you know, King Batch. Um, he's mm. like an actor, comedian guy. I made a video with him and it turned viral. Like we got reposted on World Star, and he became one of my, my friends and I taught him how to ride a motorcycle. And after we got reposted on his, he had like millions of followers at the time. That's like, it helped my page grow a lot, especially getting reposted on World Star and stuff. Yeah. So then, you know, and it just kind of snowballed affected since then. Like I've been doing my social media page for like seven years now, like seriously, you know, more seriously actually. But um, yeah, and I've never bought followers or anything like that. So all of my followers have been very organic and everything. And again, I've lost so many because some didn't like, like the skydiving content. Some were like, oh, I came to follow you for motorcycle stuff. But I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not gonna just get motorcycle stuff. Some people didn't like, you know, like me showing enough skin because I would get like more traditional, like um, what's it called? Like conventional viewers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then here I am in a bikini or like in lingerie or something, what you know, the fuck like are you doing? they're like, you know, and I'm like, no, but again, I'm not going to not be me. Like I'm going to post the thing. I'm like comfortable with my femininity. I'm comfortable with my body. I like go to the gym and I work hard, you know, and I, so I'm okay. I'm comfortable with wearing like a bikini and posting it. It's not a big deal. You know, like I'm not yeah, going to ever get naked. You know course. what I mean? Yeah. I got, I want to teach other females to have that self-confidence, you know, obviously that's not all, but you work matters. on it that's the that's yeah, the I work on it thing. it's not it's, like it's, i go get plastic surgery or anything right. which again but i don't judge it there's nothing that. wrong yeah. with it yeah they're absolutely i'm like i'm not opposed to that at all but again like for me i am like here look work for what you got be proud of it and whatever you know whatever way even if you did get plastic surgery by all means i enjoy seeing whatever like i could appreciate a beautiful female uh female female <laughs> whoa <laughs> that's a whole nother <laughs> female <laughs> Oh my god, female, female like body, female like that's Fucking a whole female. new like fetish, guys. <laughs> that's I'm a sad. female that like yeah, female, female. <laughs> yeah, this can go really. I know this can go very weird in we like two point so seconds. <laughs> female, um, yeah, female. <laughs> Sorry, that was no, really no, no. Funny. I get it. I get it. I could appreciate a fe a beautiful, sexy female body, or a female, or a female, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that looks but, like. But but that, that's that's usually in anything. Yeah. Even even a male, like if there's a dude that's fucking oh, ripped, yeah, like, dude, oh that's yeah, absolutely, like, abs and arms like, are the best like, quality in a guy. Yeah, like I'm I'm gonna be like, yo, bro, <laughs> that's v. fucking amazing. It's the of course. V. That'll get any girl. But absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Um, I think we covered everything. Um, <laughs> female. How long has it been? <laughs> oh, dude. What are we at? Two hours. No way. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that's gonna be really long. I feel really bad. Two hours. No, don't, not I at all. Know. No, I I think almost all my I episodes was already, have been two hours. Yeah, I was worried. Like, oh my god, what am I gonna talk about? But no, I, no. I'm telling you, this this thing can go so much more. Okay, we know where you're going. We know this. I'm gonna do the skydiving next. Next one. Next time oh, we yeah, catch so up, we'll do the skydiving. Mm -hmm. Um. Or I'm going see me in some stunt, more stunt stuff. So like movies. I want to like be a stunt actress so i want to like right now the movie mm. and you, you, like like the minorities are know? being favored right no so favored I, this is the time yeah yeah this is the time like like right now it, it's just the fucking time well i just had my first fight scene like motorcycle fight scene um on a show on amazon prime yeah and then I, so i've been like a cool. recurring stunt double on a disney show 
I don't know if I'm really allowed to say yet, it yet, but yeah, you could see me out on Disney Plus. Um, I'm riding motorcycles. I'm like doing other things like stunts and stuff. So it's cars, motorcycles, and it's uh, like pretty fighting soon as explosions and shit. Yeah, I eventually want to do that because I, I practice like doing high falls and like stair falls and all all sorts of like stunt industry stuff. But I figured, you know, I while I'm young and able, I'm gonna do all like the modeling, all the like cutesy stuff that I could do, make my money. But I can't do this forever. Right? I'm going to get old. I'm going to get like whatever. So what can I do to like ensure like a career or something? Stunts is the way to be because I yeah. can still drive cars, not have to be on camera or be on camera or whatever. Bikes, but or whatever the some of the is. old, like the best stunt people in the world are like older. Yeah, they've been doing it forever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, that's fucking hours. awesome. No, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're I told awesome. you I could talk. For, I could still talk forever. No, no, I know. And, and, and you know what? I would love to catch up with you later on. Uh, let's just sign off with uh, where can people find you? What's your website? What's your Instagram? What, what What's your preference of uh, getting contacted? It's just my shawl. It's M-I-Z-Z-I-E-L. Again, it's spelled funny. Um, I do have a website. It's myshawl.com, but I need to update it. Okay. <laughs> well thank you very much you're welcome thank, you, thank you so you for much hosting. for having me and thank you for listening everybody absolutely of course until next time until next time